I'm really happy that we now finally know what dark dystopia future we get to experience by the end of our lifetime, boys. Hmm. I always love to know my end. Well, it's not so much your end, as in kind of the options were always the Mad Maxing, the kind of cowboy space future, or cyberpunk, and we're officially getting fucking cyberpunk. Hmm. How do I know this? Fucking Tesla truck. Yep, I knew you were going to go with the Tesla yep. truck. It's fucking great. The fucking oh, the- Warthog from Halo? Oh, I, the mo- so someone did a great and- Photoshop of they replaced the car from Cyberpunk 2077 with it, and it looks better than the car they have in that game currently. It's it's one of those ones where kind of like the Tesla truck happened, and then my YouTube decided to point me at a bunch of videos that were designed to like cover weird like the jetpacks and stuff. And I'm like, yeah. We're getting mm. cyberpunk future. Yes, we are. But you know, the best thing about it is, it's is the fact that a part of that presentation was just a big fat failure. I don't particularly which, care which about also, that part. I'm more care about the fact that my shotgun cybernetic arms are in the works now. Like someone saw that truck and was like, "It's time for us to put shotguns in these prosthetic arms." See, what I saw from that is yes. The future will be cyberpunk, but it's not going to work very well. It's going to be kind of shitty. These cyberpunk games—they are full of stuff not working well. That's the point yeah, of cyberpunk. I just, yeah, I, it's just the fact that oh, I love the failure and just just the expression on his face, and then like how he responded to it. I thought it was great, actually. I mean, he didn't try to play it off, and he was just like. Well, that worked in testing. Yep. I guess we'll just have to make it better. That's literally what he said. Well, then they got he's out like, there and maybe made a fake video showing it worked. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, there's, he was just like, I, we threw wrenches and stuff at it and didn't even crack. Well, so have you seen the video guess... of, like, there we fixed it? <laughs> they got out there, like, the like, the day after and made, like, a there we fixed it video, and someone was watching it going, oh, I think they left the door slightly ajar, so some of the impact would be dissipated by... The door swinging some, like, there's real reason to believe that they totally faked their, like, all-good video. Yeah, it doesn't take a day to completely replace, I mean, I guess, to completely refit and replace, like, high-tempered They glass. put the good glass in this time. Mm. I mean, I-, I am assuming it's something similar to Gorilla Glass. I, from- it's gotta be stronger than that, because I can... Br- uh, as someone who has a wife who has broken several phones with, quote, Gorilla Glass on the front of them, that stuff's not um, stopping a rock at that range. Well, well, to be fair, the Gorilla Glass on a phone is so thin, I'm surprised it's that much tougher than anything else, period. Actually a fair point. Like, how thick does Gorilla Glass actually have to be to actually be Gorilla Glass? Yeah, so mm. I'm like, mm, I think... I think it will make it slightly better against, like, you know, a lot of kind of chips and, you know, kind of small hits, but I mean, yeah. Sure, all, all I know is that my phone with, like, my silly otter box seems to survive a lot of things that people don't think it should, and that's not that yeah. much more protection on it, but it does seem to make a pretty substantial difference. So let's just say that the Tesla is like an auto otter box for its, uh, for its class. Along with this class, so we got we got the Tesla. It's all sharp angles. I like the fact that it's sharp angles. Yeah, I, I am. I I will say this. I am so sick of the rolling soap bars that are that have been cars 
since the 90s. You're channeling your Marv from Sin City vibes at that point. Don't get me wrong, I, I fucking love the Tesla truck. Like, it's one of those ones where every part of that thing, like, it's made by Elon Musk, it looks kind of terrible. Like, there's lots of things to hate on it, but I kind of love the fact that it's like, yeah, this is what we chose to make, and I'm like, that is what you chose to make. It's great. It's basically a larger DeLorean. That's really, that's really See, vibe. I, I don't like the DeLorean, get. but I love the Tesla truck. I love the DeLorean, and I think the Tesla truck looks kind of interesting. I don't think it's great. I think for <laughs> what you would think a truck would be, it definitely doesn't look like it. But then I saw like the back lifts up, and the reason they have the back look the way it is is because they're making it more aerodynamic. Oh no, the back is like the coolest part of it. Like it is a the fact that it is a uh, pickup truck with a drop gate that you could like roll stuff up as opposed to having to have a bunch of other stuff attached to it 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 has some innovations to it that have me going like as someone whose family has owned multiple pickup trucks there are some changes in this that like should come to all pickup trucks but but also as a person who comes from a family that's owned a lot of pickup trucks specifically for farm work that sucker won't work because, and I'm just thinking, like, it's, by the shape of it, it's severely limiting what you can put to that. Right, it's thing. also a low-to-the-ground one, yeah. Like, this is not a farming mm. truck. This is a hauling truck, if you will. Yeah, I mean, it, I could see it for city work. I mean, for, I mean, for, you know, for, you know, like a mechanic or, a, you know, construction worker or something like that. Something where you aren't on farm roads. And but also, like I said, it limits what you can carry in it yeah. because the height you can only it's it's a weird shape yeah. to try to fit stuff into. That's well, why when you see most covered trucks with a covered back, it's squarish. Yeah, it's so you can get equal volume out of most of the back still, instead of like being this sloped shape. And now you can't put boards in there. I mean, well, I guess they'd have to be all kind of stacked sizes going down. Ah, you could. Like, you could just lay them on the back of the roof and just angle them up, I guess. Like, that that's... The, the world of Tesla truck modifications is something I look forward to kind of thing. Yeah, I just... Yeah, I just see it as, like, this is exactly what somebody would make... What would call a truck that has never done actual work with a truck. So Elon Musk, got it, yeah. Yes. I mean, that, it is exactly what I would expect out of somebody that's literally never even seen a truck used for work, let alone done work with a truck. It, it's the LaCroix of trucks, as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> I, I don't know what that means. I only drink liquid death when it comes to my water. <laughs> <laughs> I've, I've long since believed LaCroix makes flavors that uh, someone heard what they think might taste like. So, like. For example, strawberry LaCroix. When somebody described a strawberry to them, they're like, I think it tastes like this. That's exactly what it is. So, yeah. that's what this truck sounds like. It's just, it sounds like, yeah, somebody described a truck to someone who's never seen a truck before. I think, yeah, I think this is what a truck would be. Hello and welcome to the Wicked Awesome Cast, episode. 180, I believe. Is yeah. that right or wrong, boys? That's right. I can count. Yay. Yeah. All right. So, yeah. 
Wicked Awesome Cast episode 180. I am joined here today with Charlie, aka Mordak Undivided, also no. aka Mord 4K, my favorite nickname for him. And not anymore. <laughs> my old school favorite nickname for you. And then of course, the man, the myth, the legend, the cosplayer from Hong Kong represent Henry, aka Nomad Har, aka Kraken Zero. Even though I Yo. know you're not from Hong Kong, but you did rep the Hong Kong Bay over at BlizzCon. That's not say I so. Yeah, I, I said that wrong, but I corrected it. There was an op-ed correction on that. But yes, we're here. All of us. The boys are back together. Yeah, the band's back together. Yeah. It's going to be like the Backstreet Boys reunion tour. We got this, guys. Yeah. Yeah. Charlie? Mm-hmm. It's, I've been gone so long, I don't know what to do now. What's a backstreet boy? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, now we're, we're back. We've got some fun new stuff. I have some interesting updates on as far as my day goes, or my week has been. I actually would love to hear what you guys have been up to since I've been out of the loop since last week. Um, due to some unfortunateness, but yeah, I'll, I'll go into it when I cover my, my week of things. Some good news, some bad news, some very interesting news. So... At least that's what I've got on my docket, if you will. I, I can start. Sure. Okay. I, so I, I've continued to play Pokemon. Um, I, I've continued to actually play Pokemon with other people at this point. It turns out my tabletop group, a bunch of them are also playing it, and mm. having a group of cool. people to actually talk about that game has really made me want to double down on like maybe the whole... Dexit crowd, or the fuck it was called, needs to just fucking shut the fuck up at this point. Like, there are legit gripes you can have with the game. Like, the animations could definitely be better. It'd be great if they went to a more Pokemon Stadium kind of vibe for things, but all the Pokemon they've removed from the game, no one seems to miss, really. Mm -hmm. I, I think I'm about like maybe two gyms away from the end of the game or something. I've, I have a team I like, there's some cool stuff in there. I I think a lot of smart things have been done. Like the HM system is totally gone. I think that's a. They did that in Sun and Moon, but kind of they doubled down on it in this game where it's like, yeah, we're no longer gating stuff. I. I, I enjoy the game. I, I, I think all my kind of things from last week's store made like, fuck Hop the rival. He's a bad rival. I. <laughs> yeah. Hmm. I, mostly the more and more I play of this game, the more I'm like, why the fuck are there only two Pokemon Stadium games? Like that—that's all I ever want. Like it's the Pokin is for all purposes kind of the third one because it's got that same kind of big over-the-top feel to it. I it's because this game has those moments and they're real fucking cool when they happen. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I I also do love the fact that like the reveal of who the Team Rocket stand-ins, the Yell guys are, is pretty okay, and like they fucking double down hard on. You could very easily kind of have the feeling that the Team Yell people are modeled after, like, the insufferable uh, hardcore Pokemon crowd. <laughs> <laughs> That's fucking great. Uh, like, what's, they are, what's their name? Uh, Team Yell. Team Yell? Like, they, uh, they have fucking Vuvuzelas and, like, creepy wall scroll <laughs> banners for people. And, so they're, okay. just, oh, so they're just shit, they're just shit posters. Oh, yet. they're worse than shit posters. They're, like, Kind of skeezy neckbeard fans, like I, 
They, they follow around one of... If you, you get a second or third rival to how you count them in this game, and she's okay. Like, she's like, I'm gonna fucking stomp your ass into the ground because reasons. And I'm like, okay, cool. I can respect this. I'm just gonna murder your entire team with a knife, but... <laughs> How do I join Team Yell? You don't want to join like Team Yell. Are, like, I feel like these are my peeps. No, they're Vuvuzela not. Got like, me. I, they are the most like neckbeardy, weirdly obsessed with the feet. Like, the, the real world version of them is a bunch of people that refer to a female streamer on Twitch as their girlfriend. Like that's the mm. vibe they put off. It's Ew. real gross. And I'm like, yeah. Life people. Can Life. I just hang out with the Vuvuzela guy? No, no, he's thin. He, he's. He, that's them. That that's in Team Yell. Like they are fucking out there trying to like stop the competition so their idol can do better. Like th that is their goal. They are trying to like they are marking hard for this one person mm. and being creepy about it, and also like fucking harassing Pokemon along the way and stealing bikes and just being real shitty across the board. Yeah, that's so awesome. I honestly. Like I said last week, there are some, like, really kind of cool, self-aware moments of this game that, like, I'm pretty sure are accidents, and maybe they're just also kind of coming from my somewhat biased perspective on some of these things. This is how I read them, but you can totally read some of this stuff the way I'm describing it. It's not just me being, like, overly cynically Charlie. It's, like, no, these guys are shitty streamer fans to a certain extent. <laughs> they have the creepy posters and everything. <laughs> And the reveal of what they are kind of, like, makes it a little less weird, but it's still, like, I, I think you threatened to, like, beat up a kid just so this person you're kind of enamored with could do better. Like, you tracked me down because I put the hurt on her team at one point. I, I, I get it, but also, like, a lot of Team Yell's behavior mirrors that, like, people showing up at streamers' houses and shit like that. Like, it's... It's kind of creepy fanboyish, and I dig it, especially in the Pokemon oh, yeah. setting. I, I'm looking at artwork here, and it, like one of them is totally holding like her poster. That's like, what he. That's like the idol. battle intro. Like they fucking like snaps that poster. It's like yeah, yeah. And but I have to say, I super dig their aesthetic. Oh yeah, no, it's it's, it's hot okay. Pink and black and spikes. That's pretty much me. It's okay. Yeah, if, no. If, the, if if you know, all right. So it's like you know anything about me. This is kind of how I dress, with like lots of black, a bit of pink and purple, and like spikes and other gothy type. Of yeah, stuff, so. from from a branding standpoint, they're okay, they're fine. Um, they're no Team Skull from Sun and Moon that were just like pirate themed uh, dance troops out there. Like they were constantly yeah. just like fucking rap. Rap dancing the entire time. I, that sounds fucking lame to say, but I'm, I'm just pointing out that they dress like me. Oh yeah, no. <laughs> so, so which Pokemon trainer are you creepily stalking, Henry? Uh, exactly. You're better than them. He no. didn't say none. I did, I'm I, concerned. I, I know. I know. He didn't say none. I. Ah, <laughs> uh, but. Uh, uh Fluttershy. <laughs> Uh, so uh, th there's a big thing I did this week. I'm gonna get to it last because I, I suspect we're all gonna have some something to talk about in this, even though you two didn't touch it at all. Uh, I just want to give a shout out to my tabletopping group. We finished our first major arc in Starfinder. It's been going nice. great. We're gearing up for the next thing. Um, we successfully threw that uh, international Russian space mobster out a window. Nice. Mm. 
feel good. <laughs> like Alex knows about this. He was cloning his like daughter that got uh, basically put in a coma courtesy of like a retaliation strike on him and stuff. I the guy's gonna have a lot of fun. I'm having a lot of fun with that still. But I want to <laughs> I want to officially acknowledge yeah, that's still going on in the background. I'm just not doing like the weekly updates on it. Uh, I'll happily talk about Starfinder because that new book is awesome. But uh, most importantly, this week I uh, my Stadia arrived. I have used the Stadia. Awesome. I'm no, sorry. it's not. Oh, I'm sorry. Honestly, I, I was hoping it would be good. I mean, I'm, you know, I, obviously you were you bought it. So, but because we have this gaming podcast, and I have a dark curiosity that must be satiated. Some, but <laughs> yes. So I, I think the best review of the Stadia I have heard comes from um, I'm blanking on his last name, but Ben. I'm from the Giant Bombcast. It, basically, it's the line: if you only own a Switch. Stadia might be for you, and like, no truer <laughs> kind of sarcastic sentence has ever been said. I think about a video game device, and like, do you guys have questions about Stadia, or should I, I run through kind of like my prepared Stadia remarks before, and then you guys can like follow up with questions after? I, I thought you were just gonna put that in the news, but uh, you want to do it? Now, oh no, because I've yeah. actually played the Stadia. Like, we can talk about it twice yeah. if we fucking want. Like. I, okay. To, 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 to summarize the news for it, people don't seem to like it very much for kind of across the board things. And so, I got mm. my Stadia code like Tuesday night at like 9 p.m. My Stadia All didn't right. show up the next day, which, as far as Stadia kind of fulfillment what goes, was actually pretty okay because a shocking number of people, according to at least the subreddit for Stadia, so grain of salt and stuff. We're like receiving their Stadia kits way ahead of schedule, or like day it was supposed to show up, and working their activation codes. Like, I was in the unique situation where I actually had a Stadia account, but no Stadia to play it on, so I could play it through my laptop if I wanted to. But the gross majority of people seem to be, yeah, I have my Stadia and still cannot access the service. Mm. So that was kind of a whole nightmare. Um, so let's get into the actual Stadia itself. Uh. The controller is fine. Uh, my, my mom, Jen, was kind of surprised how heavy the Stadia controller felt. Like, I would say the Stadia controller falls somewhere between a PS3 controller and, like, a really good Nintendo Pro controller kind of thing. Like, it's not PS4, Xbox controller good at this point. Like, it, it definitely feels like... I don't try to say this well, but like, it's not a Mad Cat. It's not like that. Like, oh, I needed a Force controller and bought like the Mad Cat's Extreme. It is better than <laughs> that, but like, it still feels like an afterthought controller. Like, I something about the the triggers on it doesn't feel good. I I'm not sure why you would choose to, but it emulated the uh, PS4 both sticks next to each other approach, which. Works okay on the PS4. It kind of feels weird on this one. Like the sticks don't feel good. I, it's got a slickness to the outside that I'm not sure I enjoy. It's got an extra set of like interface buttons for it that are fine, except they don't do anything at point of this recording. Like you press them and your Stadia <laughs> goes. This feature's not supported yet. I, there is a microphone That's... built into mm. the bottom of the Stadia controller, which I ah. really fucking don't like. Especially, That's hilarious. Oh, it gets worse because, like, so all my testing for this thing went through Destiny 2, figuring that, like, the game I am most familiar with should be, like, is a perfect 
kind of like test field for this. Yeah. To voice chat for it, you still have to plug in a fucking headphone. Okay, so what's the fucking point? No, that's my point. Like, it's one of those ones where it's, I, I'm assuming the idea is like, oh, you just put like, you can put in a headphone that doesn't have a microphone built in, and that's fine, whatever kind of thing at that point. But like, it's like, no, I, I own a gaming headset. Just give me a jack and don't put a microphone on this. No, we put a microphone on this so you can use Alexa Assistant. So if well, you're me, you've taped over and put a piece of cotton in the microphone hole. All right, so, all right, so knowing this now, all right, so where, when you're playing, using a controller, about where is it on your body? Where, where is it sitting? Because um, when, I, when I'm using a controller, it's usually pretty close to my stomach on my lap. Yeah, I'm, uh, I'm going to throw this out there. I'm pretty sure that microphone's aimed like almost directly at my junk. That's, that's my yeah, general game. I'm, I'm holding I'm my saying, hands out in front it, of me being like, yeah, that's, that's about right. It's a crotch controller or, and or stomach controller. Yeah. It's going to hear every bodily function. So thanks for that. <laughs> I, yeah. So, and like, let's get to the second. So if, if you want to play your Stadia on a TV, you need the Stadia controller, which I think the founder's controller looks pretty okay. Like, as far as controller colors go, I'm a fan of the Stadia Founders Edition controller. It looks pretty. That's the only positive thing I have to say about the except it works fine. Like it, it it's a mm-hmm. functional controller that's better. Like it's it is as good as my Switch Pro controller thing. Like as with playing Final Fantasy Pokemon League, I have played a lot with that thing. I still I I would rather play this than with the Joy Cons or anything like that. Like it's a better controller than something else I've played a lot on lately. Mm. Um what I don't like is Chromecast, it turns out. Mm. As so when you buy a Stadia, when you buy the Stadia Founders, it comes with a um, Chromecast Ultra. And if not for the fact that I need to have the Chromecast hooked up to play Stadia on my TV, I would have disconnected the Chromecast by now. Mm-hmm. I think the whole throwing from a device thing is kind of rotten. They it's so there's a couple like there's an app or two that they that, that the Roku doesn't support well. That my assumption was, hey, I can use this on my phone. I can just throw to it from my phone. No, they've removed that functionality, or there's like, so you need some workaround for it or something. Because you used to just throw your phone to a TV kind of thing and say, consequences be damned. It's now yeah. reliant on whether or not that app has throw support. So I have two apps on my phone that like very deliberately go, no, you can't throw to your TV with this, which defeats the point of a Chromecast at that point in my mind, because my yep. Roku has a remote and a phone interface, both of which are better than using Chromecast and don't require me to burn battery life from my phone to watch something on my TV. Like I, mm-hmm. It is hard to... I, get, I really hate the Chromecast. It turns out, like as someone who had like high hopes, was like, "Oh, if the Stadia sucks, let's say on a Chromecast Ultra." I am shocked at how much that is my less favorite part of this. After kind of like, "Oh, Stadia," uh, like hmm. I, I think the Chromecast is rotten. I think it's it's trying to do too much in a tiny package. Oh, it's. I mean, it's way. I mean, think of the amount of throughput it's trying to put out at, at any point in time. It's not that. Like, it, it's just one of those ones where the idea of throwing from a device to a Chromecast and then having the Chromecast have the audacity to be like, oh, you can't throw anything to me, that's where I draw the line kind of thing. Because it's not like you can have 
the Chromecast won't work unless you have another fa uh, device interfacing with it. Like, oh. my, my Roku stick oh, has it's, it's not standalone? No, it's not. Like, it requires you to be throwing the media from an iPad or a laptop or your phone. Like, where my Roku is just oh, a USB stick like, sticking like into my if you're TV. Playing, like, if you're playing... We're talking about the game functionality, right? No, no, too, we're just right? talking about general Chromecast. Like, the oh. actual, like, media... Because you own a Chromecast. When you own a Stadia, you now own a mm -hmm. Chromecast. Because that's what you have to have to play Chrome to play Stadia on your TV. Like, it, yeah. And, and like, like, it's repeated. Like, the idea was okay, even if Stadia sucks, I've wanted a Chromecast for a while because it seems like a more universal kind of media hub thing for a TV. No, it is. Yeah. I, I think it's worse than my Roku. Like, I, hmm. uh, me and Jen used it for like an hour and then we're like, we're fucking going back to Roku because this sucks. Like, I, I cannot stress the amount, like, the amount of phone dependency on the Stadia Chromecast kind of infrastructure is, at least for me, surprisingly polarizing. And mm. like, just kind of, like, it's like you, you have to have your phone to set up a Stadia. You mm. have to go through both the Chromecast setup and then the Stadia setup, like on your goddamn phone or like other interface device. Which I, I, I not to quote Blizzard, but don't you all own phones? Yeah, we do. But you know what I never had to do to set up a PS4? Download a fucking app, identify where my device is within the house, give that Wi-Fi access, and then go through a bunch of kind of uncomfortable app permissions to play video games. Like hey, the future. <laughs> like, yeah. I, and so, like, it's interesting you bring that up, because I think, like, there's been some interesting articles, like the initial backlash and reviews were Stadia bad, and... I don't think it's as bad as everyone's giving it flack for kind of thing. So I, it, from a pure technical standpoint, like it's not as, la at least in my experience, I can't speak for everyone. It is not as laggy as the internet would lead you to believe it is like, it's not great, but like it has a different problem. So for me, there's the sweet spot where like, if something's like genuinely laggy, I accept it's laggy and compensate for it, or it's running smoothly and whatever. There is this, Ooh kind of fine line between the two that if something falls into where it's it's not officially laggy like it, it just kind of feels off that is far more maddening to me than something being outright laggy kind of thing like where it's just a little bit wrong and at least in my experience that's where stadia lands hard like mm. like so i tested out destiny uh, in a variety of game modes which was no nightmare because hey there's no fucking population for that game it turns out on stadia like, not a lot of people, like, turns out you have to have a lot of people for that state, for that game to have kind of seamless matchmaking the way it does on consoles or PC. Who knew? Mm. Uh, but so I tried it in comp, I tried it in Gambit and stuff like that, and across the board, like, like shooting feels weird, like, there's, like, a, I'm trying to figure out how to explain this best, like, it's the, it has that smooth, good frame rate of the PC version, but if you're playing on the controller, it feels like, you're playing Counter-Strike with a controller, which is something you probably shouldn't do. Like, it's weird. The PC version of Destiny handles controller support amazingly, and it feels great. This feels mm. like playing a twitchy first-person shooter with a controller and feet, like, and, and all those bad things that come with it. Like, the something feels off in the aiming. Like, I, I, felt, I found myself compensating with guns that had, like, big splash damage because aiming just felt bad. Again, because, like, it's not enough of a delay to be lag or something or input lag it's just a little bit off and like you feel it in jumping and turning and aiming I felt that like 
very severely when it was like when you're trying to make a precise movement that's where it kind of manifested itself the most like you're trying to jump from a platform to a platform that's where it kind of drew the line of like okay yeah like you're moving faster than this thing is capable of kind of detecting it works and on top of that there is mouse and keyboard support for stadia if you're going through a computer and as best i can tell there's no delineation between if you're using a controller version of stadia or mouse and keyboard stadia so this is that wonderful nightmare of it's possible that you like find yourself in a lobby with people that are just twitch aiming with like super dialed in mice which also happens on pc but you kind of expect it on pc i don't fully know like if there's any kind of div dividing of that on the stadia side of things and if there isn't there probably should be because the controller just feels weird um I, like, I, let's, let's back up a couple. Let's back us up and answer some important questions. Like, does it work? Yeah. I, once I got it working, it does do what's advertised. Like, I have a Chromecast and a controller, and I am playing Destiny Two, and it's it's fine. Like, I, I the most nice thing I can say about Stadia is it seems to be fine. Like, it's I, the Stadia subreddit's on a full 180. Like, people are pretty happy with it now. And like, yeah, it's we're all out here being like, boo, Stadia, Stadia bad. But I suspect for a lot of people, they're having fun with it. Mm -hmm. to, to go back to my kind of opening joke on this like if you don't own a high-end gaming pc or any of the other consoles this might be for you like I, it's not for mm -hmm. me because there's i have better ways to play this but like it's fine in the most kind of exasperated sarcastic way it's fine but like it's fine like it, it, it runs but it I, I could argue i have played games on a computer or a console that have played worse. I don't think those games would play better on Stadia, but kind of like using the general failures of gaming as your measuring tool at that point, it's fine. I, um, I, I will throw down some caveats, though. I do think that kind of that weird movement disconnect or something, I, so I am one of those people that suffers from VR sickness, so like I, I, that disconnect of moving and the, and the video not quite keeping up with it kind of thing, gives me pretty bad headaches, and after about an hour or two of playing Stadia, I definitely had one of those headaches. Weird. Where do you think that comes from? I, th I think it literally comes from the fact that, like, your brain is putting in inputs into it, and it's not, like, again, like, it's not lagging by so much you're registering it, but, like, it's taking 1.5 times as long as you're used to it taking, and for, like, maybe it's the quality of motion or something, I, I it's... Yeah, like, something about it, just, like, it was, like, it didn't make me nauseous, but I get this kind of very intense kind of, like, middle of the forehead spreading to the side headache from a lot of VR gear, and apparently from playing Stadia, and that was on my TV, so maybe, like, it does better on smaller screens or something, and I'll be testing that more in the upcoming weeks, and I'll be traveling, I'm gonna be away from kind of the good Stadia servers and all that jazz, so this is not the last you'll hear of Stadia, but... Yeah, I, it's I I don't know, and maybe it was just like freak headache that overlapped with that time span. But like, I definitely was, and it, it went away pretty quickly after I stopped playing, and so that's why I'm kind of comfortable saying it's that. I I will also throw down the fact that um as a founder of someone who bought into Founder Stadium, I'm a goddamn founder kind of thing. I have <laughs> three free months of Stadia Premium, whatever the hell it's called. Yes, uh, my producer is telling me I need to pinky up whenever I say Stadia Founder, and she's absolutely right. That's how I've been playing with the controller. I have both pinky stuff, so it makes it really hard to, to keep the controller <laughs> in my hand. 
That's the correct <laughs> way to place it. It comes with a monocle, actually, well, a top hat, so people know how much better you are than them. <laughs> Is it a Google Glass monocle? No, it's a real monocle that works. Okay. <laughs> Google Glass support coming in the future. There was an optional cane for beating the poor with I could have gone with, but I felt that was too oh. ostentatious. Is that the founder Monopoly Man package? Yeah, it is. Not to be confused with the new not-founder package that's also like the premium package. <laughs> but I digress from this, terrible, from this terrible joke. So it comes with three months of the paid service. I am unsure if I will still own Destiny 2 and Samurai Showdown at the end of that, because they're pitched as like, as part of signing up for this, here's what you get. But Destiny 2 is also a free-to-play game. Like... My understanding, and this is like a terrible reason to have bought into this thing, was that like, worst case scenario at the end of the day, I was going to own a version of Destiny 2, like the complete year two edition or whatever you want to call it, for Stadia. So that like, if this becomes some like, oh, I'll take it on the road with me when I travel or whatever device, I, I would have a Destiny 2 machine kind of thing. I wouldn't have to lug a console or this was pre all the cross save announcements for, um, what you call it, the brain not totally working. Maybe it was post all that stuff. I I think this was pre kind of all the cross savey stuff getting announced out there, but I don't remember at this point, in all honesty. Like it was kind of a cool idea, like, oh, it's Destiny on the go. Neat. Mm. Whatever. And I don't know in three months if I'll still own Destiny. Like this is definitely not gonna be my preferred platform to play it on, cause Ghost Town, but like the purchasing and all that stuff seems real weird and I don't think we've talked about this much but like a lot of other places have I have no reason to ever buy a game off Stadia because like even compared to Steam I super don't own things on Stadia like it's one of those ones where Steam's been around long enough I believe Steam will persist into the future for the foreseeable time kind of thing it's not going anywhere anytime soon Google's track yeah. record with stuff like this is a little bit more yeah and I don't even own a key for any of the things I'd buy off Stadia. So if they just decide, mm. hey, we're discontinuing Stadia someday, th there's no feasible way to hypothetically be like, I'm not saying they're going to, but Steam could be like, yo, we're shutting down Steam, all your games now work in offline mode or something like that. Like, th there's conceivable ways that your Steam library could work without Steam existing. I don't think it will ever happen or that that is a good idea, or that like what I'm saying makes any goddamn sense right now. But, like, if they decide to shut the Stadia servers off, that's it. There's nothing... Like, you don't own a computer, you own a Chromecast and a okay controller kind of thing, and that's it. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I... I yeah, it, it, the Stadia's weird, because, like, I, I want to... The internet would have you believe, like, either you're, like, fucking on the, like, on board with this thing that's the future, or, like, you're like, ah, oh, the stadium sucks, and I, I don't think it sucks, I think it's just not good, like, it's it's that kind of unfortunate, like, it's fine, like, I keep saying, it's fine. I, I wouldn't recommend the Stadia to anyone, but, like, at the price point they're selling it for, and, like, based on, like, plausible reach and stuff like that, if you really want to play Destiny 2, it's arguably the cheapest way to get in there kind of thing. Like, it is... I, I don't know of a laptop you could buy 
that could play you Destiny 2 kind of thing. There's no console you can buy for the price of the Stadia that'll get you playing Destiny 2 kind of situation. That's a shitty reason to endorse something. Like, and I'm not at that point, but like, I, I go back to kind of the opening joke of this, which is, if you own a switch, if you own only a switch and nothing else you could game on, Stadia might be right for you. I I, I don't know. Like I think Kotaku ran a good article about how like the switch is probably the future of gaming, but probably not anyone on this podcast's future of gaming, or maybe mm. even Google's. Like streaming video games is the future, but this mm-hmm. isn't that future yet, kind of thing. Like I, it's. I just don't think we're there yet, kind of thing. Like, it's. I had a variety of weird network issues happen while I was using it. It's like when the Stadia crashes, it crashes just amazingly hard. <laughs> like, I. You get all of the weirdness that comes with, like, a live stream. Like, I, I had crazy artifacting happen at one point. Like, I. Mm. I, I, I guess I had like a network. I, I had several actually, kind of like network issues. And unlike Destiny on PS4 or PC, it just goes, "Nope, you have no network. Sucks to be you. I'm out of here." Kind of thing. Like the other tool, you like to a reconnecting the server kind of thing for a hot second or two, at least to make you feel like you maybe have hope. But like, I crashed out of Stadia at that point. Like I, I think the weirdest moment I had was I went into a menu to change some stuff around in Destiny. And like the screen went like fuzzy, and I'm not talking like blurry fuzzy. I'm like all of the, like everything in the game went like Pixar animation. We're bragging about how fuzzy our bullshit is, puff fuzzy. I'm like, what the hell is happening? And I found out that is a rare byproduct of video compression. <laughs> it gives everything a filthy, a a, a fuzzy filter in the game, and then the service crashed out. Like I. Getting into it's not as fast as you want, and I've, I I have successfully done the I'm going from my TV to my phone once. It's like oh cool, I have a ten minute window to do this in. That's neat, I guess. Eh, mm. I I think it's I I think kind of the uh, the narrowness of what non Chromecast. No Chromecast cool because it doesn't work on all Chromecasts yet. Like I I think the weirdly specificness of which. On which this on this service works on kind of thing like the fact that I cannot play Stadia on my iPad is I'm sure Google's like oh just buy a fucking Android tablet I own an iPad I'm not gonna buy an Android tablet the fact mm-hmm. I can't play it there means I'm looking at it going remember when that PS4 app worked on this and that was really cool yeah wish Stadia worked on this like I I'm traveling for roughly a week coming up after this podcast and. Initially, my plan was to be like, fuck yeah, we're taking Stadia across the country, like, we're gonna do stuff with it, and I'll probably still take it because I need to test it, like, other, I, w- I want to test it in other kind of internet situations, but it does have me looking at it going like, man, I'm not bringing my Chromecast with me, so I'm gonna be playing this on my phone? That sounds like mm. a terrible way to test this. Mm. Yeah. Or the best way. I- I think it's an honest way at that point. Yeah, like I, I, it doesn't work on iPhones at launch. Sure, whatever. I think the fact it doesn't work on iPads at launch—that's a fucking misstep on their part. I, yeah, I, I get why it's that way. Like I can think of a bunch of corporate ease reasons it would be that way. And like, oh, we want to like drive the Android market. I, I, I think the Stadia is too much of a gamble to play that kind of tech company bullshit right out of the gate. Like I, it's. You need this thing working on as many goddamn things as possible 
from the jump because people like me want to try it out on as many devices as possible. Like I don't own an, I don't I don't own an Android tablet. I'm never going to use Stadia from my laptop because my laptop is good enough to run Destiny 2. Like mm-hmm. it's like, "Oh, just log into your laptop and play Stadia." I'm like, "You do know I own Destiny 2 from Steam, right?" Like, I'll just play it that way. No, it won't be on Stadia then. I have fucking cross-save. I have no reason really to, like, my laptop is good enough that I have no goddamn reason to ever use the in-version, the in-browser version of Stadia. Like, I, it's, mm. I, I don't get free games out of it. The games I did get free out of it, I already own, or, like, playing Sam show on a streaming platform with weird inputty issues. That sounds like a fucking nightmare. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, all right, if there's any crowd that's particular about input, it's the fighting game crowd. Yo, and I, I've, yep. and like kind of anecdotally, I have heard that, like, again, the Mortal Kombat's, like, it has Mortal Kombat, it has Samurai Showdown, and they work, but, like, something feels genuinely off whenever you do stuff in them. Mm-hmm. Like, if you have your kind of bread and butter combos down pat, You'll be fine, but like something about the timing will perpetually feel off. Yeah, I, I think kind of the fairest general criticism of it is like, oh, we got it, we got access to like an in development thing, and yeah, we 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 did. Um, I have signed up for the uh, Xbox X Cloud thing. I just haven't got to set that one up, so I will probably have that to compare to things next week when I get back on the podcast. So I, I'm apparently our um, streaming game service correspondent at this point. <laughs> So, like, do you two have questions about Stadia, I guess, at this point? Like, as someone who's touched a Stadia, pinkies up kind of thing, like, any burning questions I can maybe answer? Because it is, like, there is a certain aspect of, like, man, this is some new, cool tech that no, like, not everyone's going to touch yet, I guess. Like, that's the one funness I'm having, where I get to say, like, oh, I've touched a Stadia. That makes me Um, more legitimate of a gamer than you. (laughs) Or less of one, I don't know which. All right, so question. All right, so you haven't tried. You've you've played it on only on the TV. Have you tried it on your laptop or anything else? I have not tried the laptop one. I've tried it on my phone. Uh, it's. Okay. I actually think the phone works better, but I also try, I only tried it on phone on Wi-Fi. So in theory, it's on the same Wi-Fi that the Chromecast was on. Like I, it's. Mm-hmm. I kept meaning to take it to work, but getting the controller working on your phone is kind of dumb. It has to be plugged into your phone. So you can't be charging your phone and playing it at the same time, but I think they fixed that since I tried it. That I was about to say that's weird because I'm pretty sure that's a Bluetooth controller. I, it's I, let me double check on that before I. I would assume I don't think it would be a Wi-Fi phone or a Wi-Fi controller. That'd be weird. It could be, but I assume it's a Bluetooth. Controller. And I think you can in this case. I think it's not clear for the future, but it's also USB-C. Yeah. Oh, I just, yeah, I think it does work. I think that was my bad on that one. Uh, But, yeah, all right. I was just kind of curious on what devices you had been already testing it on. Because, I don't know, I guess, yeah, I guess the differences in performances or how it felt, if it felt any different from one to the other. Also, I was kind of curious on, like, setup. Like, how much setup it felt like you needed to take for each different device. Um... The phone is easier than the Chromecast. Like, the phone... Huh, really? The, the phone is download the Stadia app, log, uh-huh. link the Stadia, tell the Stadia app which of your Google accounts it wants to belong to. Like, I, it's... Mm-hmm. 
there is the extra weirdness of as someone who's kind of like considered maybe ditching a Google email for a new one because it's now on like too many fucking digital email mailing lists. Mm-hmm. I have tethered my Stadia to that account and that kind of, I, I'm hoping maybe I can transfer it in the future or something. Cause I'm increasingly convinced I may abandon this email in the kind of like next couple years, hypothetically. And having to maintain that email sounds like a fucking nightmare. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was just kind of curious. So what what more steps? All right, so you said the Chromecast is actually harder to set up. So I'm, I'm really curious about So that. in Chromecast's case, you have to set up Chromecast. And I, I, again, like as someone who kind of thought, like to compare Chromecast to Roku for a second, the Roku setup process is... You plug your Roku in, I got the Roku stick, I'm not using the fancy Roku, like, boxy thing that's better. You plug your Roku into a USB port and a, um, a HDMI plug in your TV, and your Roku goes, okay, cool, give me Wi-Fi access. Neat. Do you have a Roku account, yes or no? Neat. We're good to go, boss. Put, like, here's the sync codes for all your apps kind of thing, like, you can go online and do this if you want. Like, just put this data in and we'll get you going. Like, every app you open up, like, you, you download, you'll have to tell it, like, hey, here's my account. Like, go to, go to the account on your phone, put in the access code that Roku gives you, and then it's like, okay, cool, whatever. Like, that's that's the amount of setup Roku requires unless you lose your remote and then you're used to the phone app. But even that's fine by comparison. Chromecast, you have to download, have to set the Stadia, you have to have the Stadia app, which you have to have to kind of have a Stadia account. Then you have to download Google Home. And the Google Home app requires you then to, that's what you need to set up the Chromecast. And to set that up, you have to, like, be on the same Wi-Fi, which isn't totally not nonsensical. It makes sense. Like, you do that, you have to go through the process of that, which, like, you have to make a Google Home account as part of that. So within your Google account, you have a Google Home account, which is like, hi, where is this device? I literally have a Google Home account that, a Google Home account that thinks I have a room called none of your goddamn business. <laughs> <laughs> Because it's like, oh, where are you trying to set up your Chromecast? Is it in your den, your living room, your bedroom, your kitchen? And I'm like, no, it's in my none of your goddamn business, Google. Like, <laughs> I just want to set this guy. I'm not trying to set up a whole, like, range thing. Do you have, like, do you want to enable Alexa functionality when you use the Google Home app? No! We'd like to access voice. No! <laughs> like, I-, I literally went through... 10 pages, I think, of permissions when setting this thing up, where it's like, again, to compare to my Roku, I plugged my Roku into two things, gave her permission to get on my Wi-Fi. It's like, okay, cool. We good. You bought this. Here's your streaming systems, and, like, I think it failed a couple times during setup. Like, it's the, the number of times you have to enter, like, syncing codes in. Like, it was a tedious, and, like, <laughs> it's, it's not some, like, oh... It's absolutely some fucking first world problems, but the Chromecast has way too many goddamn steps to set up. You have to download way too many goddamn apps to get set up. Like, it is... I compare it to the same bullshit of my Fitbit watch won't sync with the Fitbit app unless location (laughs) services are turned on for some reason. I don't know why a Bluetooth device requires that, but it does, and I think that's incredibly uncomfortable. I it, yeah like I I think those like I'm trying to think now I think I went through like there were five or six so to go back to your question 
So, like, once your Chromecast is set up, and I know people are like, oh, it's just setting up a Chromecast, whatever. No, the Chromecast is shitty to set up. Like, that's, 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 that's an undeniable thing. Like, the process of setting up a Chromecast, the fact it requires you to make, like, extra accounts and stuff, I think is unbelievably shitty, and then doesn't work right after that fact. Like, you don't need the Google Home app on your phone once the Chromecast is set up. Mm. I have not done it yet, but I'm pretty sure you can uninstall that because you're not using it to throw to your Chromecast. You're using in-app data to throw to your Chromecast, which, fun fact, I could already do with my fucking Roku. <laughs> yeah, I... Okay, so then, so then you have your Chromecast up, and, they've set, and you have to sync your Stadia account with it, so it's like, it's not terrible, but again, like, you're on your goddamn phone attaching your Stadia, like, with the Google Chrome, with the Google Home app open, it's like, oh, now sync your Stadia to your Chromecast, and I'm like, can you not see the other app I just did all this bullshit in? No, <laughs> it's like this doesn't feel good. This feels quite bad. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's pretty much all the questions I have. Yeah. I uh, I don't have any questions on it. I was already uninterested at the start when it came to the Stadia. To yeah. be honest with you. Oh no, and I I was correct. You cannot connect. So, from the official Google Stadia support FAQ, will the Stadia controller connect via Wi-Fi to phones and tablets, or can you only connect via USB-C? The Stadia controller uses BLE for setup and connects via Wi-Fi for gameplay. You can also connect it does your connect via Wi-Fi. You can also connect I... your Stadia controller to your phone, tablet, or computer with a USB cable oh. plugged into the Stadia controller USB-C port. That's weird. See, I mentioned that. I was like, is it? I thought I was like I thought it was Bluetooth, but is it is it Wi-Fi? It's Wi-Fi. It is Wi-Fi. That's weird. So that just puts a little extra strain on the Wi-Fi. But I can kind of understand why to a certain extent, but uh, because that means it doesn't have to have one more device that has to be powered on the Chromecast stick. You know. Oh no, the Chromecast requires a, pl a power outlet. Mm-hmm. Oh. I. Okay. Oh, it gets weirder. So they recommend you plug an Ethernet cable into the Chromecast. It's doing some Ethernet over power. Like you plug the Chromecast Ethernet connection into the power brick, which is neat as someone who's now embraced the power Ethernet over power lifestyle. But also, it's weird. Uh, yeah, that's interesting. But yeah, um, yeah, the controller itself is Wi-Fi, which is, yep. huh? I mean, that's that's all I'd say about that. That's uh, huh? <laughs> That's uh, yeah. I was starting to think it was. I was like, I guess it's not Bluetooth. I guess it is Wi-Fi. Yeah, I, it's I. Yes, I had to dig out a double-sided USB-C cable to plug it into my phone. Like I didn't even think to try it on Bluetooth for my phone. Like maybe like if they're both on the same Wi-Fi, it'll work. But like that sounds like yeah. a fucking nightmare. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That's. I mean, they'd have to be on the same Wi-Fi for it to work. Period. Because it's a Wi-Fi controller. That's. Huh. That's interesting. <laughs> also, like, this reminds me of the whole Internet of Things problem and uh, somebody hacking into your controller. Yeah. <laughs> so now your controller can be hacked. Uh, your awesome. controller could always be hacked, technically, but yeah. I, not, it's... not my wired controller that I use with my computer. If Cyberpunk has taught me anything, it totally could, but yes, it's far less likely to. Yeah, I... <laughs> yeah, I it's I I don't think I Oh, even worse. Oh, I'm just thinking 
if that controller gets firmware updates through it Wi-Fi, does. oh no, it already has. You could have a brick controller. Uh-huh. That's like even more funny. <laughs> because I mean, the, the, what I'm saying is, is like you know, the way that could happen is, is just let's say your Wi-Fi goes out for a second, just for a second, right in the middle of a firmware update. Mm-hmm. Now you have a brick. I'd like to think it's got some rollback capabilities in it, but yeah, I, it's so more technology, more problems. Yay, future! <laughs> it's the future. <laughs> yep. I say this as somebody that has bricked something before. I, I know. With, I think we all have so. at this point. Okay. Yeah, I. It, mm-hmm. <laughs> Stadia. I. Yeah, I. I. If you're looking for something interesting, go to the subreddit and scroll back, like to Stadia launch day. Then look at the subreddit compared to what's going on right now, and it is a kind of beautiful, like gamers rise up timeline of like just a, if if you've ever wondered how fucking just. Uh, changing at the mere mention, like, uh, I just like fucking flighty we are as a community when it comes to our opinions about things. Go to the fucking Stadia subreddit; it's great in there. Like, it's this like, <laughs> it's this. It goes from like we're gonna fucking riot and burn Google to the edge. It's actually fine. Mine showed up to like you can watch people falling off the bandwagon of hatred as like they get their thing. Like, oh, I have a Stadia now, so it's cool. Like this whole shitty business practice of stuff is fine now. I'm like. You got your fucking Stadia. You had the Stadia sitting there for three days before you could actually use it, and as a result, lost the gamer tag you wanted because someone else grabbed it before you. That sucks, dude. No, it's fine now. No, it's not. That sounds shitty. But uh, if you have a Stadia and you want to come hang out with me, I am Mordak Undivided on Stadia, as one would expect. I thought about grabbing just Mordak. Like, there was a. It was a real fun arms race of who could get, like, the most generic name possible. Like, could you just get, like, the first letter of your name or something for your gamer <laughs> tag? And I'm like, I could go down that path, but I'm not going to. Mm-hmm. But yeah, that's Stadia. Who wants to go next? <laughs> yeah. Uh, I can go real quick. Sure. My stuff's relatively quick. Um, let's see. So, first things first, well... So the reason I was out last week mainly is because my girlfriend sprained her back, and I woke up to the sound of her freaking out, and so uh, just maybe like 30 minutes before the actual podcast recording time, I'm like, hey guys, I'm going to urgent care, so I won't be here. Uh, so yeah, that's why I was out last week. She's doing a lot better, for anybody who's wondering. So uh, yeah, there was that. Um, Mythic Ashara is finally dead. We killed her last night, and it was satisfying, but also really fucking annoying, because the mechanics of that fight, you only really fight the actual boss for maybe a good three minutes, four minutes? Hmm. That's the time as other mechanics and other dumb shit you have to do. So it's really weird. As a boss design, I like Jaina fight a lot better, to be honest. But, yeah. Um... I haven't really played any other games. I know Mandy finally, I think, is finishing up Red Dead Redemption 2. And she was very heartbroken to find out her horse died. Uh, oh. during the, 
Yeah, so when they kill the main character, look, it's been long enough now. If you haven't played Red Dead Redemption 2, I'm sorry. Yeah. I'm sorry. Um, if you've played Red Dead 1, you know how Red Dead 2 ends. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, so that one dude, I can't remember his name, but uh, Charlie, you want to help me out with the name for the main I need character? more context. Oh, um, the first Arthur. character you play. Arthur Morgan. Arthur. Yeah. Yeah, so Arthur dies. Um, in an and he honorable gets... sacrifice or in a shitty sacrifice. Depending on how you yeah. play that game. Which way did she go? Like, did she try and go back to the treasure? Did she um, she upsaved John. Um, I don't know yet. I know she's playing as John right now. I John lives either way, but you get a point in the game where you can like go back for the treasure, or you can like go with John and abandon the treasure. Oh, okay. Is that the part where you try to buy the farm? No, the that's epilogues? that's. Like, the ending of the game has a choice of go back for treasure or go with John. Like, when Arthur is still alive. Oh, okay. Yeah, I'll have to check with her and see where she's at. But I know she's, like, she just bought a farm, and she's working on keeping it together, so she's doing these jobs to keep the farm up to win his wife back kind of thing. Yeah. So, uh, she was very heartbroken because the scene with the horse dying, she was not expecting. And she knew it was coming. But she didn't think that was it, and then when it started happening, she's like, oh my god, it's fucking happening. And then the horse dies, and she gets real fucking sad about it, so. Did she thank the horse? Uh, yes. yes. She cried at that part, actually. Yep. <laughs> so you don't always get that point. You have to be, like, really linked up with your horse to do that. Like, you, your horse has to fucking love you and to be fully bonded for that moment. Like, if you're not, you're just fucking like, fuck it, whatever, horse. Yeah, no. The, she she said it was really sad because he he leaned over to the horse and was like, "Thank you." Yeah, and she was he he like she she like cried, he cheered up. Oh yeah, no, so. that's arguably I think like not my favorite, but like it is my favorite moment in that entire game. Because I'm like, man, it's the only character I cared about. No, my <laughs> horse. Yeah, so it's kind of fucked, but it was it was she she was really upset and stopped playing it shortly after that whole thing happened and then she picked it up again to go through some more so Those epilogues are fucking long yeah um and i guess the other little interesting tidbit that i haven't talked about but kind of started recently but i might be buying a house soon cool mm. you yeah. two can join the nightmare of home ownership yeah mm. well it's a new construction so that'll be interesting uh not a lot i have to do as far as work goes uh, assuming everything goes well, of course. Um, but it's it's kind of an interesting little setup. I, I kind of really dig it because it's it's a two floor home, and the downstairs is the kitchen, living room area, and then the upstairs is the bedrooms and the bathroom, with the washer and dryer and all that. It's not a huge home, but it's a nice little starter home. Yeah, we're not the property so, brothers, so let's move on. Yeah, but yeah. the one thing I will say that's pretty cool about it is every room has its own little AC unit kind of thing. That's run by the big one, so that's called that. central AC. Yeah, well, it's central air, but it's not like central air in a sense where you set it once and it does the whole house. You can pick and choose which rooms have AC going actively. Yeah, at that's, a time. that's just good central AC at that point. I don't have that. Yeah, but my house is small. Yeah, it's pretty fucking sweet. So, um, yeah, I, I'm working through the first parts right now, and and one of the best parts about it is potentially. Depending on when they add the address and all that jazz, um, I'll have gigabit internet. Ooh, yeah, Ooh. gigabit. Like, well, I think it'd be like close to nine forty down, nine forty up. Dang. 
Just oh. fucking seeding and pirating constantly at that point. <laughs> no. But yeah, uh, it'll be nice, because then I can just uh, download everything yesterday. So, But yeah, that's it for me. Not much else, other than just, you know, kind of doing my thing, getting ready. I hear we're supposed to be getting snow pretty soon in uh, my part of Oregon. So, I know for sure I've been hearing that, like, central uh, eastern Oregon will be getting snow during Thanksgiving is what I'm hearing, but we might get some in, during Thanksgiving, but more than likely it'll be further in the year, but it looks like we're going to be getting some pretty, some some okay snow pretty soon. So, I'm, right. I, I'm excited for it. Yeah, that's it for me. Cool. Alright. Well, what have you been um, up to? Yeah, I... Alright, so as far as video games, I have been playing a classic video game. I've been playing uh, Zelda 2 NES. Nice. Uh, Is that the side-scrolling one? I was just about to ask that. Okay. Yes. Yes, that's the side-scrolling one. And my favorite of the series, still. And so, I've been learning a particular speedrun route for it. So, so there are a lot of different speedrun routes for it, because there is one that's super short, that's just a big glitch, and takes like five minutes. Which is kind of fun, but I'm not interested in that. I'm doing what's called the 100% all keys route. And so what that consists of is you get 100% of the items. Like, so you go for all the pickups, all the heart containers, all the items. That you, well, you generally need most of the items out of the, out of the not every single one, but most, a lot of the items. But, mm. but it's also all keys, which means that you go out of your way in the, each palace to pick up the keys in that palace. And so what you end up with is a route that shows off the entire game. And it's, alright, so the speed run of it is around an hour and ten. So the the fastest, the world record is around an hour and ten. Mm. And so it's not that, it's kind of in that kind of in-between. It's not super long. I mean, even learning it as a, like, you could probably do it in hour 45, even as, like, if you just haven't really been practicing it that much. And so, yeah, but I like it because it's a route that shows off the game because the game itself is cool and expansive and very large and has a lot to it. And so I think the the 100% all keys route is the most interesting to watch and also very interesting to play because it brings in a lot of mechanics that, there again, for the shorter routes, you don't need. You don't even need to think about them. So there's a lot of different strategies and mechanics that you that you take uh, that you have to take into consideration, like certain ways with how to beat certain bosses, and and there's a couple, there's a few just generalized tricks. Like one of them is just like being able to jump and use your sword very quickly, uh, while uh, you duck and use it so that you can still hit things that are that are kind of your height while jumping, so you can hit things in uh, without breaking your stride, essentially. And so that's, but it's like a, you really have to kind of practice it a bit, because it's just a real quick switch between jump and attack. And you have to be also holding down, you know, pretty quickly after pressing jump. So it's, yeah, there's a lot of little tricks like that. One of them kind of known as the jackhammer, where you just, there's the down thrust that you just do by pressing down, 
but if you press it repeatedly, then you'll get multiple hits. You can get multiple hits with it. Mm. And so for certain bosses and for certain corridors, a uh, certain height of corridor, you can basically jackhammer very quickly and kill a kill like any creature like instantly graphically with the jackhammer. But yeah, there's there's a lot of different tricks. It's also you have to think a lot about well, this is the one where you also have sort of RPG like levels for your abilities. And so you have a life and a magic and a attack rating. Or levels essentially. Mm-hmm. And you get experience to level them up. And so there's a very specific route. Like, you need to be around in a certain range because you're also taking advantage of another strategy that happens when whenever you beat a level and you go to, after you beat the boss, you go and place this gem. And when you place a gem, it gives you enough experience points for whatever is next to be leveled. So each of your things has a different amount of experience points it takes. And so what you want to do is you can cancel a level up and allow your experience points to keep building. You basically spend them to, to, uh, to do a level up. So you keep skipping, and then you, and so you have it fill up to the next largest one, and you can utilize that to actually get, A, get levels very early. So you can get, so by the time you get out of Palace 1, your attack's already at level 4, so you're already, like, attacking pretty hard. <clears throat> And so, yeah, so there's a lot about it, there's a lot of thought to it, and there's a lot of strategy, and I've been enjoying learning it. It is, like I said, it's a bit long, but there's a lot of good, very, very good videos on how to, how to go through the route, especially good ones for beginners. I mean, now there's kind of micro-optimizations in the world record route, but in general learning, the, learning it, there's a lot of good resources. So I've been having a lot of fun with that. I have the original... Uh, I've been practicing on emulator, but I do have my original cartridge that I had as a kid. It still has all my saves on it, even. And so I'll be using that when I actually run it proper, but while I'm learning, it's easier to have save states. And so I've been I've been doing that. But yeah, that's that's been fun. I've been streaming a bit of that, too, so that's been cool. Mm-hmm. Um, that's pretty much... Um, I've been playing... As far as games, I've just been playing a bit of Frozen Throne still, or uh, uh, Nuclear Throne, which is a uh, which is pretty fun okay. game. So it's it's pretty cool. It's one of the free ones I get through the Epic Store. It, it it's it's worth having the Epic Store, even if you only go on like me and get every single free game they've ever offered. Practically every time they offer anything, I think is any good or I'm interested in, and I go for it. But yeah, um, so that's it for my gaming. So I've been watching an anime as I do. This one's called Dororo. It that's D O R O R O. How do you pronounce and that again? Dororo. Does that translate to something? Hmm. No. Okay. It's just it's a name. Okay. It's the name of one of the characters, one of the main characters, and it's it's a based on a fairly old manga. Uh, by uh, by a legend, uh, Os- uh, uh, let's see, uh, Tetsuka Osamu, and he uh, basically he's he's a, he's a luminary. I mean, what things he created were like uh, Astro Boy, Blackjack, um, Phoenix. I mean, he he has a host of very uh, uh, 
Kimba the White Lion, which was like famously stolen to become the Lion King. Mm. Like just straight up ripped off the story to become Lion King. He's the creator of that. So Kimba the White Lion. Um also known as like Jungle King or something. But in any case, yeah, he's yeah. Tessica Tessica is a very, very famous creator. And this is one of his earlier works. And essentially it revolves around it's a really crazy story, like essentially the uh Dororo is actually a is is the main character and yet not the main character. It's more like your kind of character because the main character is is a character named Shakti Maru. And Shakti Maru's thing is his father made a deal with a bunch of demons. Essentially he his he his kind of land, like his father was a lord over over you know over a large territory and for he made a deal to get prosperity, basically to get peace and prosperity over his land by making a deal with these demons. And what the demons ask for is essentially the parts, body parts of his firstborn son. And so his son is basically born without skin, without a spine, without arms or legs, sightless, no, can't feel pain, like missing a nervous system is just like, just in awful, ridiculous shape because the demons basically stole all the other body parts and are basically eating them, kind of. And so that's, and so that character, it, it, when the character's born, Yakumaru is born, the father just kind of like throws him into the, like sends him down the river, like, I'm not keeping this uh, thing that's somehow living, still living despite missing everything. So many things, just basically just a bundle of flesh, mm-hmm. and so it gets it, the baby gets picked up by essentially this guy who makes prosthetic limbs and makes him prosthetic everything, including skin, and so, and also teaches him how to fight. And so you have this character who, and he finds out that as he kills demons, he can get his body parts back if he defeats the demon that took that body part. So that's the driving, one of the driving forces of the anime is, you have this character that's going through killing demons to get body parts back, but it's also set against the backdrop of war, and there's this really strong thread in the whole thing about, that's very anti-war. There's a lot of kind of hate for basically these lords and their samurai running these wars and the people that pay are the peasants always. They just always get the short end of the stick. Whether it's samurai coming through and brutalizing them, or if it's bandits coming through and brutalizing them, it's, yeah, basically it's very, very much like, yeah, it is very, very uh, critical of the idea of the upper classes essentially waging wars at the like starting and waging wars that the lower classes ultimately have to end up dealing with. Yeah, very, very, very critical of that. I, I like that about it, too. Um, the idol character, Dororo, is actually a uh, a small child that's a kind of vagabond child, a young, very young child, vagabond child that Yakimaru runs into, and Dororo is basically a little thief. That has gotten. That's an orphan that's gotten by on just sort of 
to just you know stealing things and just surviving and just being a little bit tough. And so they end up being a pair, and because I mean, essentially like Takumaru can't even speak. He can't hear. He can't see. He can't speak. He's all he can really do is sort of fight to begin with, and but he can sense people because he can see. He only sees souls of stuff and like life energy, so mm-hmm. that's how he gets around. And so, yeah, it's it's really good. So there's been multiple adaptations. This is the one that came out just this year, or maybe it was last year, um, but it very came out recent last year, adaptation. I, think I watched it. Yeah, and yeah. And so it's a it's it's a cool adaptation. It's I think it's faithful to the spirit and the spirit of the original, especially the fact that yeah, it still remains very critical of the whole war thing. But yeah, I'm not quite through it. You can find it on Amazon streaming. I think I'm pretty yeah, they seem to be the only ones offering it at all. Like I would have preferred Crunchyroll or Funimation or something, but yeah, you can get it through Amazon streaming, but yeah, it's a great series. It's just fantastic. I like everything about it. I mean, the original manga is worth reading too. It's just it's it's really good. And I yeah, I'm definitely enjoying it. Like more you know, much more than that I wouldn't want to give away. But I mean, these are things that are revealed immediately, what I've said. Like these are things that happen immediately. And so and this is something that's like sixty years, seventy year old manga so it's not like this is a big surprise anything it's not like it's some huge spoiler or something that came out recently it's it's literally decades old but yeah i think yeah it's it's i'm enjoying the heck out of it it's a great storyline it's yeah and yeah so i mean i'd i'd recommend checking it out especially if you have amazon streaming yeah check it out yeah it's yeah, it's a good, and it's also it basically it's a traveling story too, because it, essentially the two main characters are ro- running around trying to track down all these demons, essentially. And along the way, it's slice of life. You just kind of see the way the world runs, the way the world is that these two that these two characters are in. So, and so yeah, <clears throat> it's cinematic, good storytelling, good artwork. Like I I like the artwork for it, so. Yeah, um, but yeah, that's, so, yeah, I guess I didn't get a, I, I kind of, I guess, focus on a couple of things. It's, uh, I don't end up playing tons of different games or tons, or watching tons of different things at the same time, usually, but, yeah, um, yeah, that was pretty much my week. Cool. Nice. News? News! Mm. I don't even know where to start this week. Uh, Just, uh, let's start with Half Life. Let's start with fucking Half Life. <laughs> <laughs> let's get that one out of the way first. Um, uh, Valve has announced and then shown off a pretty cool looking trailer, actually, for Half Life. Alex. <laughs> Alex. Yes. And. It's only VR. Yep. Yeah. And, and we're not talking like it's intended for VR, but you can totally play it without VR. No, it only works in VR, as best I can tell. Well, no, and they've even come out and ex- and said explicitly, "This here's why this won't won't work without VR." The way we've 
created this game. It, it requires VR. It will never not be for VR, so womp womp. The trailer looks cool as hell, too. Like, there's, like, little shots of you, like, rummaging around inside of, um, like, cabinets to find ammo and stuff. I, I'm not gonna say I watched this and went, huh, I should buy a VR helmet, but I watched this and was like, huh, maybe I should buy a VR helmet. <laughs> Actually, that kind of reminds me of, like, I don't really care about mundane things being represented in video games. Like, rummaging around in a whatever, cabinet, whatever, does not sound fun to me. I want to just be able to click on that stuff, and I get it. Like, I, it was I the moment where her hand was locked into some device, and she, like, leaned to one side and leaned to the other side to shoot stuff. I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> That's some shit I can get behind. <laughs> That's cool, but yeah. I mean, I've... You know, and I've and I've done that in other VR yeah, games. Yeah, no, it's, it's not new necessarily. It just looks like it's maybe the best implemented version so far. Yeah, it's yeah, it's but yeah, I, I will say this: like, I don't care about any sort of a trend in video games and trying to make nor should you mun- mundane stuff, like mundane stuff into video games. One of the reasons I like video games is because it sort of gets away with mundane stuff like no. I don't care about having to eat in most games except in an actual roguelike yep. you know I don't care about yeah there's a whole lots of mundane stuff that happen in life that I don't care about it being replicated in a video game and actually physically having to rummage around in like a cabinet to find something yeah. or in a drawer sounds literally the opposite of fun to me I mean, I want to be able to just click on the drawer and it's just like, oh, okay, I got it. Not, I have to physically go down into it and dig out what I want and, uh, that sounds yeah, literally opposite of fun. But, anyways. We don't know much about what exactly Half-Life Alex is, but it's supposed to be a full-length, like 13-15 hour long game. Um, Happens between 1 and 2. Yeah, right? yeah. so it's technically 1.5. Still, it's just it's Valve at its best, trolling the fuck out of people from what they want to release something they just want to release because they want to do it. Yeah. They have been awfully quiet for a long fucking time, though. I'm trying but. to find the, um, uh, there's some extra information about this where, like, it's, if you own a couple, if I think it's if you own, like, the, um, Half-Life, Br- and the uh, Half-Life, the VR bridge service they offer, you'll get this for mm-hmm. free. Yeah. Yeah, I saw something about that as well. But, yeah, uh, new Half Life. Yep. Ha ha ha. Yep. We did it, guys. Yay. <laughs> well, so speaking of things that are uh, going to just kind of cause interesting ripples in the gaming industry, we've already talked about Stadia at length. I'm not sure we need to talk about it more, but I, from a more news slash factual standpoint, we gave you the numbers last week of how many games Stadia was going to launch with. They added kind of 10 additional ones to that list in kind of a last minute, what some are calling a desperation edition, which yeah. I kind of agree yeah. with at this point. Um, yeah. Not much more it's, to go um, with that. Alright, so I think it's some good additions. I mean, I think one thing that they had to add is sports games. Yeah, I people play sports games. I mean, that's, that's just a fact. Yes. Quest, though, questionable additions just Dance? That was on there previously. <laughs> and I've seen videos, and I still don't totally get how it works, but I think it's your phone. Um, 
So the full list of Stadia available games at this point in time is Assassin's Creed Odyssey, Attack on Titan, Final Battle 2, Destiny 2 The Collection, Farming Simulator 2019, Final Fantasy 15, Football Manager 2020, Grid 2019, Guilt, that's the exclusive one. That's actually, I think, eventually coming to Steam, but that's a separate topic. Just mm-hmm. Dance 2020, Kine, Metro Exodus, Mortal Kombat 11, NBA 2K20, Rage 2, and Rise of the Tomb Raider. Um, Red Dead Redemption 2, the list goes on, Samurai Showdown, Shadow of the Tomb Raider, Thumper, Tomb Raider 2013, not Trials, Trials Rising, and Wolfenstein, Wolfenstein Youngblood. Oh no, it's Wolfenstein. It's the <laughs> Jewish version of Wolfenstein. But yeah, <laughs> if my earlier talking about the state didn't sell you on it yet, there's uh, ten more games you can play hypothetically. It's a matter of fucking all to me. Alright, um, so let's, let's actually tick off some kind of actual game announcements. We haven't had this in a while. Uh, GTFO, a game that I went from thinking sounded dumb as hell based off its name to going, oh shit, this game might be really goddamn cool, uh, will hopefully be entering kind of early access either late this year or early next. Uh, I was not following this game at all. GTFO is the, um, remember Payday the Heist? Mm-hmm. Remember how the people that actually brought you Payday the Heist, like all the developers behind that left the company that was making Payday the Heist? <laughs> yeah. yeah. So this is the game they're making, and uh, it is, at least in my book, unbelievably cool. It's pitched as a cooperative action stealth FPS with puzzle mechanics, where kind of on a rotating cycle, you will be given via a character called the Warden your mission, essentially. And your mission is to get through X number of rooms and do an objective. And those objectives and missions may have uh, weird flesh-eating zombie mutant things in your way and various puzzles to overcome, and there's a big focus on cooperative and like equipment and loadouts and stuff, which was that's kind of stealing from the payday DNA at that point. I, the, at least in my book, the game looks just stupid cool. It, it looks like a kind of a game that like if you have a group of like three or four friends you play lots of games with, you're going to have a lot of fun with this, because it will be like, okay, cool, the server just reset, what are we doing this time, guys? Mm-hmm. It's got some kind of run aspects to it. I, if you're not familiar with it, go check it out. I think this could be like the next big thing in some ways in like streaming games and stuff. Like I, it's as someone who's not a huge fan of Payday the Heist, but like the concept behind it, this has enough like Left for Dead vibes to it that I'm really curious. Mm. Like I think it will definitely appeal to that crowd in a meaningful way. Mm. But yes, GTFO. And other kind of uh, game announcement news, we have Street Fighter V Championship Edition coming February 14th, and they're bringing Gil with them. Yeah. Did you see that girl tra- Gil trailer, by the way? Yeah, I-, I watched it. It's definitely interesting. It's definitely Street Fighter. Yeah. He's one He's one of the glowing naked guys. He's the right? half blue, half red naked guy, yes. Yeah, he's the brother of, um, what's his name? Uh, I can't remember. Axton? No, 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 no. He's no, he's another glowing naked guy. No, he's not. At least not in this game. He's not. Urian. Urian. Sorry. Yes, Urian. I wasn't that yeah, far he's... off. Yeah. <laughs> if, if you're curious, what you'll get if you buy the championship edition, you're getting forty characters, thirty-four stages, two hundred costumes. Uh that's a lot of content, hypothetically. Yeah. No, it's a lot, definitely. If you just need Gil now, I believe he's available for sale for five bucks, like, next week. Is he now? 
Okay. Um, da, 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 da. I might be wrong about that. No, yeah, I, I, he's available next month. Sorry, not next week. Mm. Yes, he will be over six bucks in December. Insane. Awesome. Uh, yeah. There's also pictures of like a nightmarish, um, uh, Blanca Monster Hunter inspired skin out there. So that's cool, <laughs> I guess. I just want a new Street Fighter at this point. I want Street Fighter Six. Yeah, I don't. I mean, they're gonna hang on to this one for a while, especially. I think like this is the last to raw, but I could be wrong. Yeah, no, I think this is the last one. It's like when they release Ultra Street Fighter Four or mm. whatever it was. So, this is the edition for champions. Yeah, they're they're reaching the the end of it. Yep. What next? Is that it for our? I guess let's talk about Death Garden quickly. Um. Death Garden Blood Harvest, a game we have talked about in depth on this podcast. Uh, both me and Henry are big fans of it. And Henry more in concept, me more in practice. But it appears mm-hmm. to have kind of entered a development, uh, development mothball phase. It is no longer under active development, unfortunately, which I think is a goddamn shame. But Yeah. It's an amazing game. I just, yeah. Yeah, I, and I've... Essentially, I think the problem is you're you're getting the kind of a lot of the same crowd that's interested in Dead Dead by Daylight, as far as like asynchronous type of uh, multiplayer, yeah. asynchronous uh, combat, and so, but it's so different because it's fast parkour, yeah. Instead of instead of paced, you know, horror, it's super fast action. I and also just, feel that like as much as I enjoy that game. It's not as much fun being a hunter in that game as it is being a scavenger. I think mm. uh, Dead by Dead does a better job of kind of balancing which one is more fun. Like the hunters, maybe don't have quite enough options and enough variability. Like there's, I, I it well the thing is, I don't think it ever got to the point where they had even the time or the ability to start adding more hunters. Yeah, I, in the and game definitely needed some problem. stuff like that. Like I, it's. The three hunters they have play similarly enough that, like, I, I think kind of maybe the big difference between it and Dead by Daylight is there's only so many variants you can make on imposing dude with gun before it's kind of the same character. Like, part of what made the stealthy, uh, like, of the three hunters, only two of them were really good. Like, and I, the, the poacher is whatever. Like, maybe people like him, maybe you don't, maybe you don't. Um, I think it's the judge and I think she's just called like the huntress or something, the staghead lady. Those two yeah. play differently enough that like they're fun, but also the staghead lady is so much better than the other ones because of stealth. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. It, yeah. I just think they needed. They needed. I don't know. I guess it just. It really needed. Yeah. More. I mean, that's the way that they've kept Dead by Daylight alive. Is yeah. They they keep adding in new characters. You know, new yes. licenses essentially, or original. You know, either new original characters or licensed characters, and that does a lot for it because they all play so differently. Like, there's a few that are kind of similar to each other, but many of them that are just like absolutely throw everything you know about playing the game practically out. Like the Legion character is like. Everything that you've known about playing as as a killer in Dead by Daylight, just toss that out because it's not doesn't apply to this character. Yeah. It's just a completely different style of character. And so, yeah, and I think Blood Garden was just kind of missing that. Blood, Blood Garden Harvest. also had the problem like Death, Death, 
Death Harvest. Yeah, or Death Garden Blood Harvest. Always get the name is quite bad, but also metal as hell. Like I, yeah, like the yeah. I tried playing Hunter for one. I enjoyed playing Hunter. It had the very distinct problem of leveling up the hunters was a bit of a problem. Like they have a they have a weird viability curve. Where once you get above a certain level, they become a lot more fun to play and a lot more effective. The issue is. A lot of the things that make them effective and fun get unlocked over time, and at their base level, they're not great. Like, it's... Yeah. The difference between playing a, like, even moderately well-specked-out hunter versus a, like, from-the-ground-up base hunter is a little bit night and day, and it's a problem. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I also think the, you know, an issue is they are not a big company. Yeah. And I think it actually maybe became a bit overwhelming for them to try to support two big titles like this at the same time. And I think, yeah, I think they maybe may like overstepped their ability a little bit because A, Dead by Daylight is still very much alive. It's alive as it's ever been. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it's, yeah, and it's just that demands kind of constant, you know, a constant crew of people working on it. So, yeah, maybe Death Garden was, like, a bit too far for them to support as well as they wanted to, as well. And that, there again, like, the lack of a few, like, you know, what we've mentioned, lack of a few things may have led to it, you know, being mothballed. Yeah, it's, they made some bad updates, too, like, I, it's, I don't know, I, there were some changes somewhat recently in that game, I think, that were not great, and they kind of, changed the way a lot of people thought that game should run. I I was never hardcore enough to fully understand what some of the changes made, but I think little things like a hunter versus hunter mode, like well not in the spirit of that game necessarily, would have been like major boons to that game. I also think just like a straight hardcore obstacle course of some kind, like th- that is a game based off of its various functions that you could do something interesting with that like would be low impact, but also, like, you couldn't do in Death by Daylight. Like, the idea of a very linear map of some kind, where it's more about getting to the end goal as opposed to doing the fountains or something, where you're being chased the entire time, I think is a mode that could have done just unbelievably well in Death Garden. But, I I don't know, I'm not a game dev, I don't know how hard it would be to do something like that, or whatever, but I... The possibilities of Death Guard is what I liked about that game. Like, I, I'm playing Dead by Daylight some these days, but it's just not the same. Like, I'm not fucking parkouring over the killer and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Is what I dig about Death Garden. But, yeah. <laughs> Hopefully it comes back into active development. Like, it's not gone. You can still play it, but I feel like they've shelved a couple games temporarily. They've shelled Dead... I feel like they've shelled Dead by Daylight occasionally once or twice just for temporary reasons. Just like it have some breathing space. I'm hoping that's what happens with Death Garden. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I'm not holding my breath. Yeah. Speaking of failed games of chicken, uh, Toyota is officially back in the next Forza game. Their long-standing ban of not being in Forza games is over. Uh, if I cared about Forza, I might care about that. So, <laughs> I know this doesn't seem like a big deal, but for people that care about car racing games, this is a big deal because of the many brands that existed, Toyota was like weirdly like, no, you cannot put our game, our cars in your game. And for a lot of the racing world, like that's Toyota and stuff. Like there, there are, yeah, yeah. 
I suspect none of us really care about this, but if you do like Forza and you listen to this, congratulations, yeah. you can drive a Celica again. <laughs> yeah! <laughs> now, are they bringing all the older, like, Japanese Toyota cars? I'd assume like- so, but, like, I'd... I haven't played a Forza game in many years, so I don't even know what's in that game at this point. I barely know what a Forza is. <laughs> I don't know what a Forza is. I know what game franchise it is, though. Like, <laughs> If you're like, what's a Forza? I'm like, ah, car festival. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, as happened last year, we have uh, CitizenCon news right after our, um, now that BlizzCon's died down, it's time for CitizenCon. The, uh, yeah. the the greatest weekend event in trailer showing to mass audiences known to man. Yep. I, as someone who still like believes in citizen star citizen, but not really, but totally, but not really. <laughs> I found out that a bunch of my um tabletop group are also star citizen like spectators. So it's like okay, cool. We're not. I'm not. I'm I'm not alone anymore in the universe. Cool. Uh, uh, I don't know where to start with this one. We still have. I, Okay, start with the important thing. We still have no release date. The concept art is pretty. They showed off some cool trailers. The Anvil Karak, I hope I'm pronouncing that right, looks like indeed a cool-ass ship. If that game ever comes out, will be powerful and dangerous. Someone made a Karak ice sculpture for Citizen Con. This is what your money's going to with people that support Star Citizen. Yeah. Yep. I mean, alright, so I'm reading here that they've raised in total... Oh, don't tell me the, the numbers. It's too much fucking money. Two hundred forty-one million. Oh yeah. Holy crap! Yeah. Wow. What did they? How? What? Okay, so for what? those who don't remember every year I talk about this, oh. you can buy spaceships in Star Citizen right now, so you can play. Basically, for the like, the initial pitch was like for you. There's something equivalent to the Kickstarter campaign where. You can buy ships at a certain at cost, for m- real money cost, if you will. And there's also like some starter packages you can get into if you want access to Squadron Forty Two. The for single that pl- much money, they could have made an actual spaceship. Yeah, probably. Th- then that's the joke Literally. at this point. Yes. Well, it's, uh, they they could just be SpaceX. Yeah. At this point, yeah. I mean, that's what are they even doing? Um, they're they're winning the internet, being yeah. way too ambitious about a video yeah. game. They, well, they're crushing it. I'm sorry, like, but the as, fact as, that they still keep making money like this is just insane. <laughs> no, it's, it just tells me that people are dumb. Lots and lots. Of oh yeah, no, we really we are dumb. incredibly dumb. It's uh, it, it's one of those ones where it's the. I think for a lot of people, we're far enough in that the idea of kind of severing the Star Citizen connection is just like, no, I need to see this through. I'm not giving any more money. Like I. I, I know yeah. I bash Star Citizen a lot on this podcast, kind of in tongue-in-cheek ways. Like, if Star Citizen pulls off even, like, an eighth of what they've promised, it'll be a game I play until my eyes fall out of my head, hypothetically. But the problem is, that's what they should be promising. Yeah. An eighth of what they've promised. That's why it's never going to be done. I mean, that's the thing. It's like, alright, so, like, Kickstarter stuff, like, I knew that Bloodstained was going to come out. Yeah. I knew that it would be produced, because they're like, this is exactly what we're doing. That we're bringing in teams that are very experienced in actually getting things done. Yep. And and this is this is we have this very specific vision and these set goals and that's it. When when we reach these when we reach these money goals, that's it. 
that that's we're not shoehorning anything else in. This will we want this to actually be released. And what do you know they did? And they released a very, very solid game because they actually had an end to it. Oh I yeah, mean, no. Uh, Star at this Citizen- point, Star Citizen is like a it's like a soap opera that, that just keeps going on and on with no actual end in sight. Oh, it's it's more problematic than that. It is a case study in the dangers of scope creep. Like uh, it's yeah. Uh, on, on one hand, the Karak is a cool addition to the game because it yeah. is it, it is fulfilling something that people have asked for for a while, kind of thing. Like the Karak. Yeah. Karak. Karak. I have you pronounce it. Like it's. It has been one of the most requested ships to be in the game for a while. A lot of people funded. Like it is, on paper, a very cool ship. Hypothetically, mm. it is still just a fucking digital ship that costs yep. three hundred and fifty dollars. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. This game's not ever coming out, is it? I. I think All in our lifetime get- we will see a game called Star Citizen come out at a minimum. We will see Squadron Forty Two. Like I, it's we're we're this is already entering like uh Duke Nukem Forever territory where they're just <laughs> eventually they're gonna just drop something that's gonna be like, well, it's a game. It's about one one millionth of what it was promised to be. Well, so my but- ongoing issue with them is the fact that like as part of Star Citizen development, they have developed some just unbelievably potentially cool tech like divorced from the realities of the game they have come up with a program and like a webcam application that will sync your character's facial movements to your real facial movements that's cool as shit figure it out though after your game is out yeah um yeah it just it seems like an exercise in research i mean they should have just said Please fund our research project that may produce a game instead of here's a game, but instead where it's actually just a research project. Because that's really what it seems like. It just seems like it's literally just an ongoing research project of of barely connected technology. Mm-hmm. It's like a incredibly undirected version of Elon Musk project. Oh no, it is a hundred it is it is Elon Musk making a video game in some ways, like uh, Chris Roberts, the driving mind but behind Elon a Musk lot of this. Actually, makes things like we. You could say that everything that he has his fingers in has actually produced a thing. I personally think it's maybe easier to build a car than a video game at this point. He's built literal spaceships. He hasn't, but yes, he's some. No, no, no. He has funded and created a company that literally makes. Spaceships. He's an entrepreneur. Yeah. Yes. I, I, but he's but he's already produced spaceship. Yeah. Actual real spaceship. I would also argue that's not it. It's not quite an accurate comparison kind of thing. I but I get what you're saying. Like I, it's harder. It's harder to make something physical than digital. I'm actually not convinced of that at this point. Well, it depends on the. Well, if the scope of what you're making literally has no scope, yeah going to be hard to make because there's literally no end to it. I mean, that's the thing, it's like, you gotta have an actual target. I mean, like, you know, I go back to Elon Musk just because we, it's we, fun to pick we on. We should move on, I think, he, to a certain extent. We've talked about Star Citizen and its scope creeping yeah, issues yeah, right. numerous times. We have other stuff we should get through. I'm not trying to cut you off, yeah. but like, 
we could spin this out for an extended period of time and it's just it's not worth it at this point like yeah we, yeah we've already talked about it a lot yeah this, this is this is your um citizen con <laughs> update uptake 2019 yup star citizen still exists yep sorta kinda i don't know uh let us move on to other kind of potentially vaporware topics i it sure <laughs> seems like they're making resident evil 3 yep yeah. Well, re- yeah, remaking it. Yep. Yes. Sorry. Yes, I shouldn't have said made remake. I that is the Resident Evil game that if they do indeed remake it, I will buy day one. Mm. Yeah. I really like Resident Evil Three, mostly because Nemesis. Yep. Nemesis stalking you throughout the game was pretty fucking well, and fun. And it's weird because like Mr. X is in two, but it's not Nemesis. Like Nemesis is just a better version of Mr. X. Oh, okay. I don't know. I like Mr. X because it was a mystery as to what the crap it was because yeah. it was wearing a big trench coat and it's just like, what is this thing? You know, it was actually I, I like the design of it in that it was like a surprise. It was sure. even like, oh, ugh. <laughs> no, I just like Nemesis for the design and the fact that it's like, smart enough to use weapons and shit. Yeah. I like antagonists in video games like that. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Let's get to your actual news of sorts. I'll start off with some uh, Drexit news, a.k.a. that Pokemon boycott that totally paid off. Oh, wait, no, it didn't. <laughs> um, oh. Uh, despite all the, satir- uh, the saber-rattling and the boycott calls and all that shit, uh, Pokemon Sword and Shield still broke a Nintendo sales record. Uh, not yep. a shocker. Uh, yep. Pokemon prints money. Nintendo it's sold just... 6 million units worldwide during Pokemon Sword and Shield's launch weekend. Mm, yep. And that makes it the hi- one of the highest selling Switch games to date. I think it also makes it the most, uh, the kind of fastest selling Pokemon game, too. Yeah. Which is pretty crazy, considering, yeah, yeah Pokemon mints money. It pretty much just prints money. Oh, absolutely. Fucking prints out money like crazy. So, yep. Yeah. To absolutely no one's surprised, but... <laughs> Go, Nintendo. Yes, but remember, <laughs> this is the bad Pokemon game, guys. We should boycott it. Yep. We'll get right on that, Chief. Yep. <laughs> I, and the general narrative I've managed to follow is a lot of people being like, well, it's out and successful, so I guess me boycotting it doesn't matter anymore. Guess I'll get mm. both of them. Or like, yeah, I was boycotting it, and someone bought it for me, and now I'm playing it, and I'm really enjoying it. Fucker. Yep. Yeah. Ah, uh, where to next? Um, let's get let's give Henry his uh, Sega bone, if you will. Um. Uh, the Yay! Sega Saturn's been twenty out for twenty five years. Oh wait, no, it was just released twenty five years ago. Yep. Sega Saturn, the the system that never quite was. It, I mean, it went over fairly well in Japan, but did not work here. They. But there's a lot of great things about it. But the best thing, unarguably, is Segata Sanjiro. The... Fucking suplexing fuckers into the sun for not liking Sega. Yep. <laughs> See, that's that. Yeah, that should have that should have made it sell. But it's stiff competition. But yeah, I mostly enjoy I the fact that he has enough presence in certain aspects of video games. I believe he got an episode of Death Battle. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I think he did too. I think he fought like Chuck Norris or something. Mm-hmm. Did he throw Chuck Norris into the sun? I think they just battle on for infinity. <laughs> Let me see if I can find it. 
Yep, it is um, Sega Sanchero versus Chuck Norris. Yep. Is it? And, yep. <laughs> but yeah, they got the Sanchero. If you don't know Death Battle, you probably should go check it out. It's pretty okay. Yep. It's possible he may have actually beaten Chuck Norris. I don't know. I'm not watching the ending quickly, though. <laughs> oh, no, yeah. their battle destroys the universe. That's what happens. My bad. <laughs> My now that makes bad. more sense. That makes a lot more sense. That, okay. Yeah. yeah. But yep. Happy birthday, Sega Saturn, and Rip Sega Saturn. Yep. Yeah. May Senshiro fight on for all of us. <laughs> well, you know, they actually did a last commercial with him. That was a send off. Essentially. Did they? Oh, that's yeah. even If you've funnier. not watched the tra- if you've not watched the ads, they're up there with Terry Tate Office Linebacker. They are. Oh, they are Terry amazing. Dude, Terry just, Tate office linebacker was the fucking best. So what if I told you there was videos of like a guy karate chopping people into explosions to advertise the Sega? Because that's what this dude is. You, yes. ha- you had my curiosity. Now yep. you have my attention. Yep. But yeah, they even do like a uh, one where he sacrifices himself to uh, to save the Sega headquarters uh, from from Super Not Nintendo. Throwing, firing a missile. Yeah, at them. I could. Dude, bodies a missile. Mm. <laughs> yep. Yeah. If you're curious, what we're talking about go check out the death battle, but also definitely watch the ads. It's yes, it's Centuro's awesome. Yeah, dude, suplex like maybe it's not suplex, like body slams a missile, like whatever that like between the legs yeah. drop move is. Yeah, he's he's awesome. It's great. Yep. Probably gonna be the thumbnail this week. Now that I've given the option to think about it, <laughs> I mean it's a it's a great thumbnail idea. Yeah, yeah. really, like, yeah, it really is. Ah, <laughs> uh, where to go next? Um, because nothing beats uh, Sagata Centro. Nothing, not even uh, fucking Chuck Norris. Apparently, ah, let's talk about the German government for a second and how they've invested right. fifty-five mil of. What currency are they using in Germany at this point? Euros. Euros. Like like most of Europe. Into game development, so they're getting on board. Hmm. So they have been investing, uh, uh, but they established a fund last year, but now they've like put in a lot more money into it, so which makes a lot of sense, and I think that's pretty cool. I d- yep. Sorry, for context, they're not the only country doing this. I think... um. UK started doing this with some frequency for some reason. I think half France has started to do this some as well. Like Denmark. Yeah. I mean lots of lots of companies, lots of lots of European nations have realized have been, that maybe funding game development is a beneficial thing. Um I don't know if yeah. the state of Connecticut that got screwed by it. No one, there have been no kind of flop stories out of it yet, but I'm not sure we've heard of any games so that were like from with made possible to you with grants from the blah 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 government. So <laughs> we'll see how this pans out. Yeah. Kind of in a similar vein of people being cool for a change. Uh, Logitech adds even more access, um, more accessories for an Xbox adaptive controller, which is great. I believe it's the same kind of double pad thing they were showing off previously, right? Well, 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 it it works with. The yeah, sorry, yeah, it's, it's that's the thing. It's essentially add-ons for the existing kind of. Uh, we talked about this a while back. It kind of looks like almost like a double turntable of sorts. It's two motion sensing pads. I think it's like what two, three buttons. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah, and that was kind of the baseline of this, and they're adding more to it, which is great. I've actually thought about buying this once or twice because I've heard nothing but cool things about it. Yeah, 
It has like uh yeah, there's like twelve attachments essentially. It's a big set that comes with twelve special yeah. attachments with all sorts of like buttons, triggers, sensors, things like that. In in like maybe the weirdest way possible, I love how just kind of big and bright and colorful and like Xbox three sixty the add ons look. Like it's got like yeah, this yeah. is a giant ass A button, dude. Yep. <laughs> I dig it. There's also they'll they'll they're also adding label sheets so you can label them as you want it. You know, yeah. like which one you're going to be using for what button. No more silver yeah. sharpie. Yeah, pretty cool. Yeah, I'm glad they're continuing to support that thing because it was like I've touched one. It's neat. I I need enough that I'm like, huh? Wish I'd bought this when I broke my shoulder. <laughs> yeah. Uh, kind of an update on loot boxes, if you will. Uh, PUBG has announced that their loot boxes will no longer have keys that cost real money. They were kind of doing the uh, Counter-Strike and a couple other Steam-based games thing where the loot boxes were free. The way to open them. Now that costs money. Mm. Well, it wasn't for every loot box, yeah. though. They had already kind of put it down to only some loot boxes required a key, but now none of them do. Now they can be all be opened with in-game Earned currency. That is the currency that you can earn just by playing the game. Yeah. So that's all things should be. Yep. That's not bad. Actually, that's yeah. a good system. Yep. Sounds good to me. Yep. Next up, we got Microsoft out there talking about how they might make some X Cloud exclusive games, which yes. I'm not necessarily opposed did. to. Yeah. Most because I believe in X Cloud more than I believe in Stadia, but. Mm. Uh, this is actually kind of in a backburner thing for Microsoft in some ways and for a while. Like uh they were talking about how the destruction in God like the um the division, not the division, um Crackdown three was gonna be like cloud computing powered or something, and I don't think that ever came yeah. to pass. But yeah, I seeing as X Cloud's not even out yet, I'm not gonna fan the flames too mad on like Halo five coming ex- Halo six, sorry, coming exclusively to streaming platform, but if you are someone that refuses to use streaming platforms as kind of a fundamental or self-identifier, you may get left in the dust in the near future by accident. Just prepare for that, I suppose. <laughs> hmm. Stadia, it's the future. Of me swearing at my TV. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> if you say things kind of politely and matter-of-factly enough, Henry and Alex have a 10-second delay on the joke. <laughs> It's just we're not used to you saying something nicely. It's and I weird. wasn't. <laughs> it, it's weird to process. I'm I, just saying. It's fair. It gets caught in the filter. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. We got kind of uh, another weird little piece of Anthem news. Last week we talked about how Anthem 2.0 might be coming to us in the near future. Alex, say your requisite line in this instance. What game? Anthem. I, I've never heard of it. Fair. <laughs> you got me on that one. Not going to lie. I've been dead, it never existed. Well played. Well fucking played, dude. Alright, so uh, Aaron Flynn, former kind of general manager of Bioware, got out there and talked about the Frostbite engine. Uh, the, the EA proprietary engine they use for everything from Battlefront to Anthem, it turns out. And this isn't so much news, it's kind of a weird break in tradition of people talking about this type of stuff. Uh, apparently it's a beautiful but a dangerously fragile system to develop in, which kind of lines up with every impression I've ever gotten about that thing. Like, I, it's... You've heard stories over the years about how that thing is great for first-person shooters, and everything else is very frequently a problem, which, mm-hmm. as someone who's a big fan of Battlefield uh, 
glitch videos. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it is. Totally is. Uh, not much news, I guess, necessarily in this, but if you're curious kind of about, like, ongoing Anthem stories, you should probably check this out. It's a longer kind of article than we have time to cover, but it is interesting to kind of see, now that some of the dust has settled on Anthem, people talking about it very matter-of-factly, where it's like, here's where it went wrong. The Frostbite engine is not designed to do some of this shit. Mm. Like, at, and part of this was also kind of on the backbone of, at one point in time, Bioware either used other people's uh, engines or developed their own, because, like, Mass Effect, the, I want to say Elder Scrolls, but they're not, the Knights of the Old Republic games, like, even Dragon Age, those were all on another engine, kind of thing. They weren't always on the Frost Step, the Frostbite. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And those had less technical problems in those categories. But, yeah. I'm going to leave our last fun one for the end because we now kind of have a weird topic to talk about for a little bit. And this is going to sound like we're just talking about YouTube bullshit for a little bit. And we are, but also this does impact, like, gaming channels and stuff because of what's going on. So we've talked in the past in kind of broad strokes about the concept of COPPA, COPPA, how do you pronounce it? The uh, Children's Online Privacy Protection Act, which... A lot of like the in many ways the best explanation I've ever seen for it is go watch an episode of Silicon Valley where they kind of talk about what it means to violate that and what violating that entails. In broad strokes, the point of COPA is to if children not thirteen and under aren't you're not allowed to kind of collect data on them. You're not allowed to market to them. They're they they are neutral ground, if you will. You can't target stuff yeah. at them. You can't collect their user data. Like G- Google can't mine you for lack of a better phrase and. Yep, from time. I, I'm, yeah, I was going to say, I'm super familiar with it as a teacher. I've had to do COPA training. It's been a part of my training always and and updated training. Yeah. Like I've had to do it every single year. Every single year you're a teacher, you generally have to end up doing part of your re, like updated training will be COPA again. And so I am super familiar with what it entails and real and essentially, yeah, you're 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 essentially yeah, you've summed it up very well. It is, yeah, you just can't keep children's data, yeah. period. You just don't. And, you cannot, you're, it's illegal. And it's one of those ones where it's the first time you're hearing about it. Sorry you missed some episodes. But also, it is not a concept a lot of people have any reason to ever know about. Like, it is yep. very kind of exclusively relegated to the tech industry. And, well... Well, not, well like I said, uh, education, any yeah. any industry... Where you're dealing with children, period. Well, and it like, it, it feels it, most like it, yeah. But it's, it's I guess it. Pop, sorry, I didn't say it right. It, it pops up most frequently, kind of in big tech in some ways that are about data mining. Like it's maybe it's more accurate to say like it was created to combat stuff like cookie data and stuff like that from being taken off children. Well, it was, it's also for marketing. Yeah, and so I mean that's where it came into you know for you know education and like you can't. For example, a college can't market to kids under thirteen. Yeah, like their marketing materials, like that. There again, like, uh, so I mean, so yeah, it's yeah. I I think it has. Let me make up. a weird comparison, I guess, on this one. Like we've joked about Jewel a couple times on this podcast, and how it's the e-cigarette that you legally can't buy as a kid, but its marketing campaigns are obviously very much aimed at kids. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Copa hypothetically has problems with that. Yeah, which makes sense. Yeah, yeah, that that is kind of a blunt and not nuanced equivalent of 
why Copa exists, if you will. Yeah. So yeah, there's the yeah, but yeah. So let's just pop right into it, I guess. Yeah. So uh, this will come off a little bit fear mongering, and I'm not gonna lie. If you feel a little bit afraid after we're about to talk about, you should be, especially if you're a YouTuber, because this could potentially, and I'm not going to mince words on this one, fuck you sideways to financial death. Yep. Yes. Yeah. And, yeah, it's, it's, all right, just let's just get it. to I it. Yeah, we've been beating around the yeah, bush too much. It. So, uh, recently the F- it's FCC, right? Or F- FTC. FCC. I always get the two confused, yeah. The FTC kind of got levied legal action against Google over YouTube. And to kind of really summarize this whole legal battle, uh, Google was found to be in was accused of being in violation of COPA uh, on the grounds that, like, they then Google kind of fucked up on this one by making it such a public and easily trackable thing. They basically were selling premium ad space for stuff aimed at children. And part of this was like, hey, we have YouTube videos that are more aimed at kids, if you will, we'll put your stuff in front of that. Like that that's, that's really summarizing it down and broad-stroking this, because we just... Well, they also collect data indiscriminately. Yes, also that. That's really the big part, is they've been collecting data indiscriminately without any care as to whether they're collecting the data of children. And that includes... See, that doesn't just include data that's, that's direct, that necessarily can be attributed to a particular person, or child in this case, it includes anonymized data too. Yeah, and they, they like, can't collect that either. It's kind of like put this in a little more context for listeners. You know, when you make a Google account, it asks you if you're 13 years or older, kind of thing. That's on paper Google covering their covering their ass, kind of thing, to apply with Copa. Like that's typically what Copa like. That's typically kind of the agreement you enter into. Like, oh, I'm not, th- I'm, I'm 13 years or older, kind of thing. I'm exempt from this, kind of whatever. Yeah, And to a certain extent, the argument of, well, they lied is a legal argument, except for the fact that Google knows you're lying in this case. And uh, to use a kind of trite phrase on this, ignorance of the law is not, does not mean you're exempt from the law kind of thing. So mm-hmm. Google going, well, they lied to us, but, like, but you knew they were under 13, that's not a legal defense. That's still, like, well, yeah, you well, should make your system, like, well, yeah. Well, they kind of prove that by just having ads targeted, obviously, at kids. Yeah. And, and that are still collecting data about who's watching it. And so that's, that's, where that, that's where this is happening, where it's obviously like you're still collecting data on media that is expressly aimed at kids. So you are going to, you know, even though there's going to be not kids watching this, there's definitely going to be kids watching this. And so... Yeah. By yeah, that, yeah. So that's 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 where they're getting caught here. Yep. So and all of this is kind of you're you're probably like, okay, why are you guys talking about this? Like, what's that to do with video games or anything like that? Okay, here we go. So Google recently lost that whole lawsuit situation and was forced to pay out 170 million dollars in settlement, kind of thing. Hmm. That stings, but also Google probably makes that in the afternoon, so it's not a big deal to them. Boohoo, large corporation, lost $170 million kind of thing. Whatever. What Google then did to kind of avoid further legal action was, and again, I'm not going to mince words on this one, throw the YouTubing creator community under the goddamn bus. And they have essentially opened it up to, if your channel is found to be in violation of COPA, 
you are liable for it. Yep, so they've passed the buck. Basically, they're absolving themselves of all responsibility about it and putting it entirely on people. Not on their, the fact that their system indiscriminately collects data, which, my side note there is, maybe you shouldn't be collecting that much fucking data, yeah. Google. But they're putting it entirely on the content creators. But go more into that. That's so, where it gets worse. And then this is where, th- and this is where things get bad. So, and it's not like... It's a small fine. I've seen a couple numbers floating around. I'm going to go with the lower one. I think it might actually be higher. I've heard that... Uh, so basically the way it's going to work is the FTC... 42000 for each video. It gets more. So the FTC can go through and decide on your channel what violates COPA. And it's not clear by, that, by the definition that exists what violates COPA, actually, because it's kind of open-ended where... I'm going to summarize pretty aggressively right now. Basically, if your YouTube channel contains videos that contain toys, bright colors, animation, kids' content, video games, mascots, basically anything a child might find interesting, you are hypothetically in violation of COPA. And mm-hmm. the fine Henry just mentioned, you are potentially opening yourself up to a $42,000 fine per video. So, and that's not like, okay, you get hit with a $42,000 fine once. That's the, like, say you run a toy review channel. You have 300 videos that are then marked as kind of in violation of COPA. It's, each one of them is a $42,000 fine. See, and see, the thing about this, you know, the the easy way, or I'm saying the, the, the way that Google should take with this is maybe you shouldn't be collecting so much fucking data, Google. If they just weren't collecting data during these videos, it wouldn't fucking matter. Yep. The COPA wouldn't come in at all because COPA, all right, so we didn't mention what it stands for. It stands for the Children's Online Privacy I Protection that. Act. Um, or maybe you did, yeah. but just to repeat that. But yeah, it is, it's, if, if you're not collecting data about the child then you aren't don't have to worry about copa so essentially the youtube's creators are getting screwed because youtube google is collecting data indiscriminately and like i know some information about the people that subscribe to the youtube channel and stuff like we all do but not enough to do anything useful with it like we just know if people like our videos and watch it all the Mm. data collection happens kind of beyond what we have access to as creators kind of thing yeah, we have no access to that. We we can't see. We don't even see any statistics on that stuff. Yeah, like that's all. So so essentially, the double went the you know the further kind of bad thing here is not only are content creators going to be punished for something that's beyond their control, they don't have any use for that data either. They don't get to utilize that data. Google's t- is the ones that are getting to utilize that data for their own purposes, and so they want their cake. They basically, what this comes down to is Google wants to have their cake and eat it too. They want to be able to both collect data, but if they fall afoul of the law, not take any fucking responsibility for it. And so, if yeah, you're sitting there going fuck like, Google, but, fuck YouTube, double fuck both of you. And if you're sitting there going like, but wait, Henry, Alex, and Charlie, I don't monetize my videos. That has nothing to do with it. Yep. Like, it's the, just because you've not like opted into something does not mean you're safe from 
this kind of set nope. of ramifications. Yes, this has nothing to do with, as I was saying, this has nothing to do with monetization. No, I, I'm only mentioning has... that because there's like, so we'll get to it in a second, but there's a yes. lot of misconceptions about what and it like kind of who this will impact kind of thing. So like, let's let, let's push forward a little bit more to kind of dig through more of yes. this because there's an important kind of extra factor to this. So in response to this, YouTube has added the option to make your videos for children or not for children. And I know you're thinking right now, it's like, oh, cool, I run a gaming channel, I'll just mark all of my stuff not for children. Not a legal defense, and again, if the FTC decides to come through your channel, they can choose to tag stuff. Yep. They can choose, sorry, they can choose to tag stuff, and even if you've tagged stuff as not for children, and they deem it is, you're on the hook again. Yep. Yeah. And the only way you can do that is, all right, and this is the weird thing. So if you do tag it for children, what happens is it re does remove the monetization. So that's sort of the added kind of fuck you to the whole thing is. So if you do choose to make your 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 content kid friendly, you are going to be losing a lot of money. And you basically, you don't lose all money. You can make videos. some, but it's like you're basically making at a maximum. You're gonna make thirty percent as much as you were previously. Yeah, and so. stuff like like. It goes to like stuff like comments gets disabled. You won't like. I think it's like you're barely searchable at that point, almost. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Also, like, uh, yeah. Uh, you also additionally you can't appeal any of these decisions. Like, if your video gets flagged as being, oh, this is actually for kids, you can't appeal it and say no, it isn't. They're just like, no, fuck you. So, you know what? Stop trusting fucking Google. Stop trusting fucking YouTube. Well, so, and, just... again, like, so, if you're sitting there going, okay, cool, I'll just turn all of my stuff to four kids to protect myself, if, uh, so there's a danger of that. If they find questionable material in a four kids thing, like, uh, yep. the example I saw a bunch is, like, you're doing a Lego unboxing or something, and you say, like, oh, this is really fucking cool, that also can get you in hot water. Like, there is no yep. safe version of this. Like, and, I, and let's get to kind of some of the misconceptions about this. Like, I, it's, I am relatively sure the SWS YouTube account is safe based on our kind of general lack of bright colors, actually. Like, I went through and saw if um, YouTube chose to tag any of our stuff as for kids. It did not. I kind of further confirmed all of our stuff as to not for kids. And actually deleted some stuff because I'm like, eh, Anarchute is on the fence kind of thing. Like, I, I actually didn't, I didn't delete anything. I, I went through and like actually looked at stuff. I was like, eh, maybe we should tag that for deletion. And I may still go back and do that. Mm. But, so, yeah. Uh, fuck you, Google. Yeah. They could just avoid this by not collecting so much goddamn data. Yeah. That's literally all they would have to do is say, all right, we're not going to, we're not going to collect data like yep. that anymore. And then everything would be fixed. Literally, it would be no problem. They wouldn't have to worry about the whole thing. There would be zero problem. But they refuse to do that because they're greedy assholes. Yeah, and so let's go into some of the misconceptions right now. Um, a lot of YouTubers are operating under the assumption that they will be fine. And again, we are not lawyers. We are not in any way, shape, or form legal professionals. Mm -hmm. So like, if you're concerned about this, go take preventative measures that actually involve legal people and stuff like that. And uh, the, the reality is video game people are probably a little bit safer than some of the other options out there, but not really. Like, it's 
we play almost exclusively M-rated or teen-rated video games on our channel. Like, we have a real hard M stuff. Like, some of our yeah. most successful videos are, like, Until Dawn, that no child is looking up. Like, just yeah. it's not for them kind of thing. And for better or worse, all of our thumbnails are typically kind of dark and drab, as is our general channel personality to match the games kind of thing. We, we, we play what we I actually worry. play. But my worry is, with the FDC as fucking stupid as they are, they could just literally decide all video games are for children. Yep. But they've already accepted they're not because ra the rating system exists. Like it's. But the F it's not an FDC rating system. No, I know. It's not a government rating system. The rating system is explicitly voluntary. The rating system that we have is not federally mandated at all. Mm -hmm. And so the FDC can just decide. Video games are for all all video games for kids, so any content with video games is for kids. Because that's how dumb and ham-fisted ham our government can be when it comes to video games. We've already seen this many times, and so that's my fear. They're just going to flat-label every video game content as being for kids. And that is, I'm telling you, yeah. they, they, I would not put it past them. They've been this dumb and ham-fisted yeah. before. And that is the general fear at this point. Like, it's... There's... Also, anything involving any sort of toy. Yeah. So people have already been. By the way, people I've already seen interviews with creators that have already been in, like talking to their lawyers, and even their lawyers are looking at them and being like, eh, "Yeah, I don't know." Like the law, the lawyers don't know. The lawyers who make a business specifically on digital content, like I said, these are lawyers that these content creators have had for a while that they have relied on to make sure that they are always within digital content creation, you know, following the law, following things that they need to do. And the lawyers are fucking stumped. Because, like I said, the confluence of all these weird ideas and the ambiguity is just like, it's, it's, it's fucked. It's just fucked. Yep. Yeah. So, I'm not even sure if talking to a lawyer is going to help you, because already some of the lawyers seem to be like, eh. Oh no, they're... they're well, if you're curious more on this, like YouTube has put out some videos about it, and then some YouTubers that actually are lawyers that kind of dig into terms of service and have made some fascinating videos on this too. Like most of my knowledge has come from watching people that like make their money as like lawyers for the YouTubing industry, being like, "You should be more afraid of this than people are." Like acting like this isn't potentially yeah. going to be a big deal is not something you should be doing, especially if you're making money off YouTube kind of thing. Yeah, I think, I mean, like, I mean, you, you know, obviously somebody at risk, you know, the, the pudes, PewDiePie, you it, talk about somebody who, who, who's like, could get every single video flagged as both for kids and inappropriate for kids. That's literally his whole thing. Every fucking Minecraft video ever made. Yep. Yeah. I mean, holy crap. Every Pokemon is, YouTuber ever and this is this is also into I saw some interviews with people who do like toy unboxing, and this one guy is like, I do mostly collector's edition stuff that's for adults, you know, not you know this stat this four hundred dollar statue isn't something that a kid's generally going to be buying, but because it's toy, it's related to a toy franchise, you know, it's is, unclear. Is, yeah, like just the word toy being involved is pro is yeah. potentially problematic. There again, with as ham fisted as the. If, you know, Federal Trade Commission can be, and as ham-fisted as the government can be, they can just decide that anything with toys is for kids. Yeah. I mean, I, this is, this is, 
this is a night this really is a kind of a nightmare scenario for content creators on youtube it's it's i feel like it's the slow transition of going away from supporting small content creators and other content creators to just being another medium for big companies like the jimmy kimmel youtube channel or team coco or like the big news channel well, that's so all it and is that's just it actually like it's they're not they're exempt, not exempt either like, and that's where it gets really weird like it's the this is the first time that hypothetically being a bigger youtuber is actually a problem like the more visible your You'll channel get a is bigger the, yeah yep. the, the more likely yeah, you are to fall under scrutiny thing is though when with with names like that i highly doubt they'll ever try to enforce like you're telling me like they're gonna come down on the jimmy kimmel channel for all the FTC? like ftc oh, hell yeah they will ftc busts channels they bust nbc yeah. for stuff i mean the, the, they don't give you're dealing with that. a group that specifically exists to go after people like that like yeah that, that's the point it, of the ftc the ftc has been very much down on huge huge networks mm. like they have gone after networks they aren't afraid of one show on a network when they will literally go after the entire network yeah it's so yeah, no, and, and uh, this is this isn't this isn't YouTube getting to choose. This isn't Google getting to choose. Google has handed the keys to the FTC well, and to enforce this. Actually, Alex, thank you for asking these questions. Like, I'm, I'm sorry we're kind of punching at you a little bit, but like, yeah. this is the issue with the YouTube situations. People are like, "Oh, we're too big to get sued." No, that's who they sue. That's who you go that's after. Literally, like, who, who, that's who has the money? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean that's why, like I said, PewDiePie is being like arguably one of the biggest people on YouTube. Is gonna be a huge fucking yeah. Target. Like it's one of those ones where any like all those YouTube channels that you wonder like man, this channel totally seems like aimed at like at, like teenagers and stuff. They are people that are potentially gonna have real problems with this. Like it's the mm -hmm. like even if you say oh my demographics like fifteen plus or whatever, if they can prove that like your videos might appeal to someone under the age of thirteen, which well they don't have to prove shit. Yeah, they just have to say, say it. it does. Yeah. Like, sorry, that's yeah. what's even worse. Because, like, if your so video matches the criteria for appeals to under thirteen year olds, you're fucked. And yeah. like, remember, like it'd be like Google lost. Like that yeah. should be the biggest thing you take away from this. Like it's one of those ones where we all think of like the mega corpse is like incapable of losing. Google lost this one. Yeah. And, FTC wins a lot of their cases. Yeah. Well, they also I'm like saying. unlike other government agencies, they typically kind of go in very well armed for the situation. Yeah. For better or worse. Yeah. They they have a lot of funding, a lot of uh like absolute power and they aren't pretty much aren't afraid of anybody. Like they they're they're the one that has literally gone after, you know, giant you know, they're they're again, Google got beaten. Mm -hmm. So I mean so yeah. Uh, I don't like well, and PewDiePie, also, I doubt he has the legal power of Google. Well, and also, like, if you think just because you don't live in the U.S., you're safe from this, you're not. YouTube nope. is a U.S.-based company. It is published technically in the U.S. They will get you anywhere. Mm -hmm. Well, but the thing is, the FTC wouldn't be able to get PewDiePie to pay out. Yeah, they would. That is one. That is one thing. Like, he lives in the U.S., doesn't he? No, I don't think okay. so. No, no, he doesn't live in the U.S. So it's like, while his video, he won't be able to make money off of YouTube. Though the only thing that would happen to him is he would get all of his videos demonetized. I'm pretty sure they can so. levy fines against him though, because technically, well, yeah, yeah, they can. 
they can levy a fine, but he, uh, good luck getting him to pay it. He's not a citizen of this country. I don't think he's, he's not. He's he's also not. He doesn't have a company here either. That could I be think fine. you technically do. That's and that's where the that's where I'm not sure I get this part of the YouTube thing. I think that under this, your channel is technically defined as a country, or as a company. Mm. I mean, like it's incorporated mm. enough that it's. It's enough of a foothold for the FCC or for the FTC to potentially get you, kind of thing. Like it's, it's. I yeah. I think they would run into the fact that you know where PewDiePie is from is a sovereign country. Yes, and if you start stepping on sovereign countries, that's not that's yeah. They won't. They like I said, YouTube will be able to take action against him, but the FTC would have real trouble trying to basically sue PewDiePie because. They they could sue him in the U.S., but he could just remain in his country and he'd be like, "Huh? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Come and get me, I guess." But also, if he comes Try. to the U.S., he then owes them a shit ton of money and can go to jail for it. Like it's it's complicated. Like again, we are not lawyers, and we should not be maybe getting this into the weeds on this stuff. Yeah, but I'm just yeah, but yeah. You're right. You're right. But the big thing is, yeah, the FTC has basically been given the keys to literally do anything they want. Step all over content creators because Google won't take fucking responsibility and just stop collecting all this goddamn data. And if you're and like, let's take a step back and get real conspiracy theory ish for a second. Like, if you think this is just a YouTube problem, don't lie to yourself. Like, yep. Twitch mm-hmm. probably also has a pretty big kind of when the F, when the FTC is done with YouTube. They're coming, after, They're coming after everyone at this point, kind of thing. Like the, the yeah. door is open at this point. Like it's once you realize just how much money there is potentially ma- to be made in fines against some of these content against some content creators. Like it just makes sense not. Like it doesn't make sense not to at this point. Like it's especially once you get the ball rolling and you kind of get in situations where you have lawyers at uh, kind of doing the like you should settle because this can get a lot worse kind of situations. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. So I mean, this is. Yeah, that, that was immediately a thought to me. It's like, see, I don't do stuff on YouTube, but I do stuff on Twitch. Yeah. And while my stuff is marked for like, I'm pretty sure I still have a flag on my channel for like mature, where you have to click on yes. Yeah. That's meaningless, obviously. I mean, according to this, the way that they've done this ruling and done this out, so that doesn't matter. So it's like, if any of my content. Could be possibly for kids, which me playing Zelda two, yeah, that could, that you know that's like that could be seen as for kids, even though that's not my intention. But yeah, I mean that's the thing. It's like it's so this is bad. This is real bad. And hopefully Twitch is smarter about it, although I don't imagine so, because none of these companies seem to be willing to give up the whole data collection thing. But if Twitch some somehow that like says, "All right, we're just not going to collect that data anymore," then there again, that let everybody off the hook immediately. The FTC wouldn't be able to do anything because it would no longer fall under COPA law. Mm-hmm. That's and that and I just have to really hammer it home here. That is literally the only reason this is happening is because Google won't stop collecting data. If they just stop collecting data. None of this would be going on. Here's here. Like, okay, so I'm gonna play devil's advocate in this one right here, real quick. Do you? Do you? Yeah. So here's the thing: you stop collecting data, 
all of a sudden everything is going to get charged even more or, or just going to get charged for everything just to be on YouTube. Like it, it's, that's what it is. The thing is the reason stuff, stuff through Google is what it is, is because you are the product. Your information is the product. So as long as you continue to use these services and these avenues, you are agreeing to have that stuff taken. Like that's the thing. And it's a shitty situation. Like there, there should be certain limits to what should be collected, but like in the end, that's it's kind of the it's kind of the shitty situation we're in. Like it's 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 kind of a was it two handed or was it double edged sword in this situation? See, and that's but that's where Google could budge on this, and I feel like maybe Twitch might be smart enough to do so. Is that just like all right? There's certain types of data we're just not going to keep, and just and so. And if you don't, I mean, that's another way to kind of deal with COPA is if there are certain types of data that you're just not keeping, then you also don't fall under COPA. Mm-hmm. Like that's, and that's the thing. I mean, you'd have to go into the law and maybe have the lawyer present to explain it to you. But yeah, if you, it, it, because it applies to data that's in some way identifiable and associable, associate with a person. And so... And and that's also where it gets difficult to there again it it requires lawyers to explain how that might work out but yeah Google could just take responsibility and say all right instead they're saying we want to have our cake and eat it too we want to keep collecting the data which which we use to do everything and but we don't want to take the responsibility for having to deal with the consequences of collecting all that data see and that's that's the real shitty part of all of this. Mm. It's Google not taking responsibility and putting it off onto everybody else. On you know, and that's yeah. Yep. You know, yeah. And see, the thing is, I feel like the yeah. I mean, that's that's yeah. That's just it's it's shitty. And there again, yeah. I mean, I don't make videos on YouTube, but you know what? This is coming to Twitch. I mean, this these things set precedent. And if you don't think it does, then you haven't been paying attention to reality. Yeah. I'm not sure there's much more for us to say at this point, except, um, yeah, keep an eye on this one. It's, I had to dig around a little bit more than I was comfortable with to find more kind of useful information on it. I, I, I gave these two a heads up that we're going to talk about this in great depth to actually go check it out. Like, was this thing on either of your radar prior to me mentioning it? Uh, yes. I had heard about it, yeah. Yeah. I know a bunch of YouTubers that are pretty sure they're not going to get hit hard by this or doing kind of heartfelt videos and there's some petitions going around, but mostly be smart about this stuff, guys and gals, people and whatever. Yeah, I I do wonder. I wonder what some of the bigger channels are going to do. I'm very, very curious. And so that's what I'm, that's what I'm kind of watching. Yeah. See, the smaller channels are one thing, and I care about them a lot, but I want to see how the major media companies like music videos. Did you think about that? Music videos can literally be for anybody, yeah. also kids. So if they decide that music is for all ages, mm-hmm. there goes music. Indeed. Well, we're going to move on to our last news article this week, and this one's a happy-go-lucky build you back up after that just <laughs> depression-inducing slog, if you will. And, well... The Gaming Awards have announced their nominees, so we're going to go through and pick the official Wicked Awesome Cast 
winner for these categories, if you will. We're not going to do all of them because some of these categories are a little, well, stupid. Well, I already know my pick for all of them. Fair enough. It's uh, it's Team Sonic Racing. Fair enough. Okay. <laughs> uh, Alex is uh, Alex is the only opinion that matters anymore now. Apparently, <laughs> Henry doesn't know what the fuck he's talking about. Good to know. <laughs> First off, for Game of the Year, the nominees are Control, Death Stranding, Resident Evil Two, uh, Sekiro: Shadows Die Twice, Smash Ultimate, and The Outer Worlds. Mmm. Honestly, between the lists that's on there, I know yep. Death Stranding's gonna get it because it's the hype. Yeah, I... But... I, I, I'm sorry, go ahead. Of the options, I'd probably pick Death Stranding or Resident Evil 2, probably. Uh, yeah, I'd, oh, go ahead, Henry. I'm feeling a little differently, honestly. Like, for me, um, I, I'm not familiar... Alright, so, if I knew more about Outer Worlds, I might say that. I'll, I might put that into contention, but Control. Honestly... For a lot of different reasons, I think Control I is don't disagree. Superior. I think Control has a couple of problems, at least in my case, eliminated from this conversation. But yeah, it's, it's a strong third, I guess, in my mind. Uh, I would probably go with Smash Brothers Ultimate. Fuck you. And Sekiro Shadows Die Twice. Okay. That was a great fucking game. Fair enough. We, we have wow. our picks. We will see who wins. Um, next up, we have Action Game. Your options are Apex Legends, Astral Chain, Call of Duty, Modern Warfare, Devil May Cry 5, Gears 5, and Metro Exodus. For me, it's Devil mm. May Cry 5, because that's the most action-y action game on this goddamn list. Yeah, I'd probably go with Devil May Cry 5 as well. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think I'd go with that. Yep. Astral Train Chain is what little I've gotten to play with it. It's pretty fucking cool. It's but... cool. I'm not sure it's best of class, I guess, in my mind. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Next up, action adventure, because we have to distinguish these things. You got your Borderlands 3, Control, Death Stranding, Resident Evil 2, uh, The Legend of Zelda, Link's Awakening, and Sekiro Shadows Die Twice. I, I think Sekiro. I think this is where Control wins. Yeah. Same. All right, so Sekiro or Control, good to know. Mm-hmm. Uh, art direction, you got Control, Death Stranding, Gris, Sayonara, Wild Hearts, Sekiro Shadows Die Twice, or Legend of Zelda Link's Awakening. This is one of the ones I'm mad that Legend of Zelda Link's Awakening is on, because I fucking hate the art style for that game. Yeah. Um, I personally think Sayonara Wild Hearts has the coolest design of any of these. I was going to go with Gris. Maybe Control is a second. Well. Control is stupid That's, pretty. Yeah, Gris is really, really gorgeous. Like, mind... Yeah, mind-blowingly gorgeous. So yeah, yeah. I don't know. Maybe Gris actually. Yeah. Um. God, I don't know. I kind of still really like Sekiro for this yard style. Fair enough. No, Sekiro is fine. Sekiro is a beautiful game. Um. Yeah. We're gonna skip audio design because I'm not sure any of us are qualified to comment on that one. All these games on this list sounded pretty. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not sure I could pick a winner out of this. Um. Community support, meaning games that kind of are well-supported after their release, kind of ongoing support, if you will. Apex Legends, Destiny 2, Final Fantasy XIV, Fortnite, or Tom Clancy's Rainbow Six Siege. Uh, Anthem. Okay. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) 
Alex I wins mean, that anybody, category. I got nothing else to add to that one. <laughs> if anybody has their fucking ear to the ground with the community, Anthem fucking it is has Anthem. It. Mostly because the community is pushing their head against the ground ear first. But yeah, I, uh, as but much as I, in, in all honesty, though, I think Destiny Two or Final Fantasy fourteen. Yeah, I, 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 I'm prepared Same. not to say Destiny Two. Like I've not been wowed, I guess, with Season of the Undying. But yeah, I, I probably picked Final, Final Fantasy, Fantasy 14. fourteen. Like. The, the ever since like the basically the relaunch has been. Have you seen it. like some of the images out of the near dungeon they added to that game? It's ridiculous. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, I kind of give this one to Final yeah. Fantasy XIV. We're gonna it. skip content creators of the year because fuck that. What? Super don't care. Yeah. Super what are you don't talking care. about? How are you gonna skip content creators of the year? I, I don't mean, know but, who anyone on with, this list is. With such names uh, yeah, like I, Dr. Lupo and Ewok. Man, I must be so out of the loop because I don't know any of these people. I am so out of the loop when it comes to content creators. I guess yeah, I mean, last year I knew the nominees. This year I was like, who and who and who and who and who? I know two of I them. Am, I one of them, I think, was old. like, I think one of them on this list was like, hey, you want to take a picture to me of with me with, with job to Jen at E3? But I don't know. We're just going to skip that category to esports coaches where we're also going to skip this because... What are you talking about? How do you not know about Eric Adrian Hogue? Is that the only name on this list you know how to pronounce? No, Fabian grabs Loman. Come on, dude. Danny Zonic. Hi, Henry. How are you not voting for a guy whose name sounds like Sonic? Yeah, I think he's not voting for yep. him specifically because of that. I mean, oh my god, it's just. Uh, I don't know. I don't know coaches for practically <laughs> any sport. Period. Ever. So yeah, I'm just saying none of these guys have coached an epic gamer moment. So, yeah. Can one oh. coach an epic gamer moment? Can one? Really? Yeah, you you teach another person to say some gamer words that are inappropriate. The next category we're going to cover is esports events. Your options are the Overwatch 2019 League Grand Finals, Evo 2019, Fortnite World Cup, IEM. How the fuck do you pronounce that one? Don't know. Katowice. 2019 yeah. League of Legends. That's my guess. Yeah, League of Legends World Champion 2019 or the International 2019. Uh, for me, it will always be Evo. Just yep, hands Evo. down. I want to go with Evo, but I have a feeling Overwatch is going to win it. Probably, but I think it should be Evo yeah. still. Evo is always yeah. fucking hype. I like yeah. Evo. I, I like the wide range of stuff that you have in Evo. Evo. Like, especially now. Mm -hmm. like right now, there's a lot of variance in between yeah. the games that are popular. Yeah. Like, if you don't like one style, then just literally watch another one of the main games. I most just want to see someone try and lift the League of Legends trophy. Like, that looks ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> that is something I'd watch. Not the rest of the finals, but, like, just the five minutes of a team of League players lifting that goddamn thing. Alright, next up. Esports Game of the Year! Your options are Counter-Strike Global Offensive, Dota 2, Fortnite, League of Legends, or Overwatch. Fortnite. Fortnite. Sure, fuck it. I don't care. <laughs> We're gonna skip the esports host category. What are because... you talking about, Charlie? <laughs> We're also gonna. You telling me you don't want to support FG? 
Jokes de porterie? Uh, I think we had SWFM. So I'm so we sorry, awesome cast Give this award to the um, uh, Hong Kong ones. Yep, to, to the Taiwanese cast that lost that their got fired. Yep, that yeah. lost their jobs. Uh, we're also going yep. to skip the esports player bracket, which I feel like we Charlie! already covered. Dude, Jay Sinatra won? Sinatra with two A's. Sinatra? Is that how you yeah, say it? Faker? League of Legends? Bugha? Perks? S1 Emple? I, I, I got bad news for you, Alex. We're also going to skip the esports team category. <laughs> yeah. All right, what are we doing now? What are we going to? Esports team? We're skipping esports team. What are you talking about, Charlie? <laughs> The San Francisco Shock? We're, we're, we're just gonna jump right now to Og? Family Game. What about Og from Dota 2? We're just Og. gonna jump straight to Family Game of the Year. Your options are Luigi's Mansion, Ring, F- Ring Fit Adventure, Super Mario Maker 2, Smash Ultimate, and Yoshi's World with just a really creepy thumbnail. It, yeah, it's a little... Oh, no. Those Yoshis uh, just got done making a family based on that thumbnail. Uh, yeah. I just have to say hilariously but uh, not unexpectedly all nintendo yes i just noticed that it's literally a Holy sweep shit. of yeah. nintendo games i want to say uh, ring fit adventure having played only one of the games on this list i guess two yep. technically i want to say ring fit adventure because we all could stand to lose some weight yeah yep. as a family I might, I might throw in super mario maker into the mix yeah. maybe but yeah I, super mario maker I shy away from that one because the hype around that is not matched the first one yet People seem a little not so happy. Actually, I changed my mind. Smash Brothers for family game. Okay, Terran families for breaking Park. up. Got it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <sighs> Next up, we have fighting game of the year. Your options are Dead or Alive Six, Jump Force, Mortal Kombat Eleven, Samurai Showdown, Smash Ultimate, and that's it. So I thought there was another one. Uh, Smash Ultimate, Mortal Kombat Eleven. Yeah, I'm gonna give it to Mortal Kombat. No one's also, picking Jump Force. Yeah, the anthem of fucking fighting games. <laughs> no one picks Jump Force. Yep. I don't Next, know. Sam Show was a pretty honorable mention. Yeah, I'll, I'll give you that. Next up, we have fresh indie game presented by Subway. By Your Subway? Option. Is this like a Jared Award? I, I God, uh, I hope not. No, oh God. <laughs> Uh, Your options are Disco Elysium, Gris, My Friend Pedro, Outer Worlds, Outer Wilds, sorry, not Outer Worlds, uh, Slay the Spire, and Ultimate uh, Goose Game. Oh, sorry, Untitled Goose Game. Goose game. Fucking Goose um, Game. I'm going to pick I, My Friend Pedro because I like that game. I kind of like, I'm a fan of Slay the Spire. That's totally so really fine. Like Super like that game. So. Yep. And I forgot that that actually did come yeah. out this year. Next up, we have Game Direction, and to kind of use their qualifier for this, because this one's kind of vague, awarded for outstanding creative vision and innovation in game direction and design. Your options are Control, Death Stranding, Resident Evil 2, Sekiro Shadows Die Twice, Outer Wilds. It's going to be Death Stranding. This is clearly aimed at fucking Kojima. I gotta give it to Control. I I like Death Stranding, but it's not... the design, the direction of control, I think, is something to be celebrated. Yes, mm-hmm. uh, I, yeah, I am honestly, I am super sold on control. I think it's a badass yeah. game. 
I do agree. It will be Death Stranding or Control, I think. I think this is the category Control should absolutely win, because it's just, like, yep. for me, from what I understand game directing to be, yeah, that's the game to point to. Yeah. Um, yep. But next up, we have Games for Impact. Again, this is kind of a weird category, so we're going to use their definition. For a thought-provoking game with a pro-social uh, meaning or message. Mm-hmm. I haven't played most of these. Neither have I. I didn't know it's one of these games I, even came out this year. So your like, options... I only, no. Sorry. Your options are Concrete Genie, Gris, Life is Strange 2, and Sea of Solitude. I'm going to go with I don't care what game wins so long as Life is Strange 2 loses. Uh, <laughs> I, I'm actually going to go with Life is Strange 2. Sorry. <laughs> Why? It's thought-provoking and meaningful, sir. It provokes thought about how much I'm uncomfortable with them tackling larger issues. Is that good? Is... It should no, be. No, no, no. The studio is bad. It's like, um, no, you can't handle this topic. Next up, independent games. Uh, again, use their little description. We're outstanding creative and technical achievement in a game made from outside the traditional publishing system. Uh, your options are Baba is You, Disco Elysium, Katana Zero, Outer Wilds, and Entitled Goose Game. Anthem. Is that your final op- answer? I mean, it feels like a fucking indie game, maybe. <laughs> well, no, I take it back. People actually give a shit about their indie games. I'm um, going to go with Baba Is You. I'm going to go with Goose Game. Mm. Uh, that's a tough one for me. Just, I yeah, I can't choose, actually. like They're, they're all really good. Yeah. I mean, I like them all. That's the thing. They're so different. These are like complete... I don't know. It's yeah. nice to find that in many of these categories. Um. Hmm. I wish I knew more about Disco Elysium. It sounds like it's going to be up your alley when you get around to playing it. It seems like a very Henry game. Yeah, so I can't, yeah, I can't really say on that one. Uh, next up, we got mobile games. Your, your, your nominees are Call of Duty Mobile, Grindstone, Sayonara Wild Hearts, uh, Sky Children of Light, and What the Golf. Sayonara Wild Hearts. I'm going to go with Sayonara just because fuck Call of Duty Mobile. I've heard really good <laughs> things about Grindstone and What the Golf, but I've, I've actually played Call of Duty Mobile and um, I'm going to go with Grindstone even though I've played Call of Duty Mobile. Just wanted to make that joke out there. <laughs> I didn't think it was great. I, yeah. Uh, multiplayer game. You got Apex Legends, Borderlands 3, Call of Duty Modern Warfare, Tetris 99, or Tom Clancy's The Division. Uh, Division 2. Sorry, yeah, sorry, yes. That's how similar they are, though. Uh, Tetris 99, because I'm a Tetris fanatic. Mm. Yeah, I've got Tetris 99, I think, that or Apex, but... Um, I don't know, man. Tetris 99 is a good fucking pick, don't get me wrong. Yeah. I would like to go with Apex Legends on this, just because it did really good for a while, but yeah. I think Tetris 99 might be the, the pick to go on this one. Sure. Here. It's weird, though. There's this one game I don't see on here that I feel like just got a lot of fucking hype this year. Uh, what what game, Alex? Anthem, dude. <laughs> it is definitely the multiplayer game of the year, Anthem. Yeah. Uh, next up, we have Narrative. Uh, your nominees are A Plague Tale, Innocence, Control, Death Stranding, Disco Elysium, and The Outer Worlds. It's going to be Death Stranding. Sorry. Yeah, but, I pick. But I think a Plague Tale has the best. Yeah, I pick it. Actually, I was gonna say I pick a Plague Tale for this just because, like, that game was weird in a way story wise. I dug like Control's also my second place. Um, mm-hmm. I, I, yeah, I suspect same. Outer Worlds will win, even though I'm not sure it beats out this list. But 
Yeah, I, there again, that's another game I don't know. I haven't played it. So I don't yeah. really know. Ongoing game. Uh, this meeting again, it's kind of been going on for a while. It continues to exist, if you will. Uh, Apex Legends, Destiny 2, Final Fantasy 14, Fortnite, or Tom, Tom Clancy's Rainbow Six Siege. This one I actually picked Destiny 2 for. Uh, yeah. Oh, man. I know Fortnite's going to get it because of the whole big thing with like Season 2 and the big like jump off or Chapter 2, whatever the fuck it's called. Yeah. But These are our personal picks. They don't have to be the one we think is going to win. Like, I really would like Final Fantasy fourteen to win this one. Yeah, they really deserve some good fucking like attention because they like I don't play it as much as I'd like to, but they really do care about their community. Yeah, and it's consistently good development. Like they've actually pruned yeah. a lot of stuff down. Like I, I jumped on since the new expansion came out, and they pruned a lot of fluff, and it just feels good as a game. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, performance, uh, meaning like a voice acting work in game, um, or, or and or motion cap. We want to do this category, or yeah. All right, so the nominees are Ashley Birch as um, Parvati Holcomb. I'm not sure if I pronounced that right. From the Outer Worlds, Courtney Hope as uh, Jesse Faden from Control, the main character. Uh, Laura Bailey as um, Kate Diaz in Gears Five. Uh, Mads Mikkelsen as Cliff in Death Stranding. Matthew. Poretta, I'm hoping I'm pronouncing that right, as Dr. Casper Darling from Control, and Norman Reedus as Sam Porter Bridges from Death Stranding. So, the Game Awards pick will obviously be fucking Norman Reedus. Uh, I, if of those two, it's gotta be Mads. Like, uh, it's... Mads. Oh, I'd like I, Mads to win. I love... I like Mads. But honestly, here, I really like the portrayal of Dr. Casper Darling. Yeah, Darwin. I was gonna say, like, of this list, it's... it's uh, my so mind's like, it's Matthew Poretta. Like, Casper Darling yeah. is a fucking maniac character. Yeah, it's so good. The way he's portrayed is so good. I I love Mads is probably one of my favorite actors. Yeah. Period. Mm-hmm. But uh, the the portrayal of Doctor Casper Darling yeah. is just so good. <laughs> it's just so perfect. It's so dead on. I I'd also want to throw on the kind of the honorable mentions like uh, Laura Bailey's work as Cat Diaz in Gears Five was fucking fantastic. Like, as the first I, female protagonist of that franchise, she did a hell of a job. I would like to go with Ash- Ashley Birch, because I've met her before, and she's very nice. Sure. So. <laughs> but I think Mads should definitely be. I like Mads. Yeah. I, okay. I roll our picks. Uh, role-playing game of the year. Your options are Disco Elysium, Final Fantasy XIV, Kingdom Hearts Three, Monster Hunter, Iceborne, and The Outer Worlds. I hope they give it to Outer Worlds just to say fuck you, Fallout. I think Outer Worlds wins this category. Like, I... I I don't think Final yeah. Fantasy fourteen should be allowed to win in this category. Yeah, that's kind of weird, to be honest. Yeah, and well, Kingdom Hearts is Kingdom Hearts. Kingdom Hearts, mm-hmm. uh, we don't talk about it. No, we don't. Um, this may be a quality we're not kind of qualified to talk about again, but uh, music and score, your options are Cadence of Hyrule, Death Stranding, Devil May Cry 5, Kingdom Hearts 3, or Sayonara Wild Hearts. I have to say Sayonara Wild Heart. I think their the music is the soundtrack is just fantastic. I will pick Devil May Cry five because I dug some of the music in that. Um Don't you I fucking don't know. say the Hyrule game. Sorry, but I like Zelda music, so Cadence of Hyrule. Fair. Next up, sports slash racing game. Your options are Crash Team Racing, Nitro Fueled, Dirt <laughs> Rally Two, Football Pro Evolution Soccer. F1 2019 or FIFA 20. I thought there's only one game on this list we feel like comfortable giving it to. It's Crash Team Racing. 
Crash Team Racing, yeah. let's yeah. go. I'm going with that yep. one. Easy pick. Strategy game. Uh, Age of Wonders, Planetfall, Anno 19, uh, 1800, Fire Emblem, The Three Houses, Total War, Three Kingdoms, Tropico 6, or Wargroove? Mm. I haven't played enough of these to say it. To say it People to seem to really like Fire Emblem, so I'm still comfortable yeah, with that one. I, w- I would say Fire Emblem. I really like the Total War series, but I have not played Three Kingdoms. Sure. And, but. yeah. And last but not least on our list is VR slash AR games. Your options are Asgard's Wrath, Blood and Truth, Beat Saber, No Man's Sky, or Trover Saves the Universe. It's going to be fucking Beat Saber by a long shot. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. As a person who's played zero of these, who can't really say. I mean, well, I know, I mean, No Man's Sky. but I No, mean... No Man's Sky wins nothing at this point. <laughs> You win nothing. Yes. You had your shot, you <laughs> fucked it up, here we are. <laughs> well, yeah, the Game Awards. It's the Game Awards. Yeah. And those are your Wicked Awesome Cast picks for the Game Awards. We didn't write anything down, so we have no way of knowing who won next week, or whenever this happens. We'll, we'll, we'll just, uh, we'll just play back the recording. As always, we predict everything through 100% yeah. accuracy. Yep. <laughs> 10 out of 10. We were really good yep. at picking those esports people. Yeah, even yep. down to the ones where we didn't fucking pick. Yep. Alex yep. was 100% yep. right in his picks all the time in those categories. That someone yep. did indeed win. Yeah. I mean, but really, um, you know who won? The, the shareholders. Because the, com- <laughs> the companies didn't give a shit about us players. The shareholders won this year. So congratulations, shareholders. Yep. <sighs> was that a little too on the nose? I yeah, like maybe a little. Yeah. <laughs> Given the week we've had to have, yeah, maybe a little, maybe a little. Well, so we have some emails this week. If you want to contact us, how would you go about doing that, Alex? Uh, It's very simple. You would get on your uh, email client of choosing, and in the message, you would simply type the email address to be wickedawesomecast at gmail.com. What's that email again, Henry? That is wickedawesomecast at gmail.com. Wickedawesomecast at gmail.com. Spells it sounds down in the show notes, etc. etc. We got two this week. One that's just been in our email for way too fucking long, and I feel bad. We're going to save it to the end just to further mess with the person that sent it in. Yeah. And we have one email we had to delay from last week because, well, Alex, you had to be here for it. Okay. Dear Alex and Henry, and not the smash-hating monster who probably reads this. Like Alex last week, I was surprised when the news of, Sm- of Ultimate's newest combatant sent Charlie off on a crazed anti-smash tangent. I believe you have—I believe you three have covered numerous smash announcements at this point, but what is it about poor Terry that sent Charlie off the rails? I would like to offer the theory that he secretly is the resident, residential heel, and he has hate for Terry in his heart, and the final and the fatal fury by and an anti-fatal fury bias. Please join me in speculating wildly and cut Charlie off when he tries to defend himself. Um, Lyle? I'm gonna say it's because he's blonde and you have something against blondes. I was blonde for the first, like, 12 years of my life, so maybe. <laughs> I, I won't even say that. I'll, 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 I'll say this instead. I think Charlie's very upset that Nintendo which makes Smash, which is supposed to be a family party game, does a way better job at collabing different fighting game characters into a better mechanized, balanced-up game. 
and it's not traditional FGC, and Charlie doesn't like it, is my theory. No, I just think Smash isn't a fighting game. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. So your hatred it's- towards the idea that Smash is able to pull off really good fighting game shit is part of the motivation of why you don't like it. Uh, really good. Big fucking asterisks. Oh, so maybe Henry also secretly hates the Smash franchise. I, no, I don't, well, I, I will say that I played it. I played it the other day when I was at the convention, at, at the convention, like, I don't see it as a fighting game, and I never will, because it's not, but. Alex, we're coming for you, the anti-Smash at FGC it's prob- crowd. Here, here. It's probably, it's probably the worst balanced game of its type I've ever played in my life. Holy crap. It is so poorly balanced. I mean, the worst. I mean, it is the only fighting game I can think of where there is like ten different tiers of fighters. I mean, it's it's ridiculous. And it's like, you have to play two or three for any chance of even here for the rant and he's saying exactly what I'm mad about that <laughs> it's, it's, yeah, it's but no, but you know what it does well? Just being able to play as a character you like that's in a game and with other people you like and then maybe not and probably end up hating each other by the end, but you at least got to play as your favorite character with your friends. So What I if mean, you turned it, off all of the items and made it so like it wasn't fun anymore? Which is what you do for competition play. Yeah, I, 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 like I said, I, I think it's the fact that they're able to bring in together franchises like that crossover really well. The character balance may well, be questionable, well, but the fact that you can have crossover well, yeah, they do good crossover. Like, no, no, no. Oh, or I, I think I thought you were assuming that like they work together well. They're all in the same game. Yeah, they're all in the I mean, same that's... game, but you have different like different big franchises like. Sonic versus yeah. Mario with Pac-Man in it is what I'm referring to, and then Solid Snake yeah, is in the okay. Like, they do it well. Like As far as it being coherent, no. It's basically people playing with their toys. Yeah. Well, I used to mix up all sorts of different toys all the time. That's what I'm saying. That was fun. That's, that's, that's the point. It's people... It, it's, and it's even played that way for the most part. They even kind of more than hint at the fact that it's basically people playing with toys. That's math. Yeah. It's not actually the characters from their respective franchises actually fighting each other. It's it's a bunch of people playing with their toys. Well, uh, hitting each other's toys with each other's toys. I'll tell you what, when Smash Brothers is no longer at Evo, we cannot consider it a fighting game. But as long as it's not only at Evo, but headlining Evo, oh, it's a fighting game. People just need to get me. good over it. I look forward to an Evo where the finals are like fucking Ken versus Terry, and we're all like, Man, these aren't even Nintendo characters that made the finals for this game. Uh, hey, it, it, it's still their game. That's, that's what counts. Uh, Literally, I, I just want to see where, it's like, the entire, all, like, through the entire tournament, everybody's playing Terry. It's just, like, four Terrys with every single fucking match. Or two Terrys, I guess they do only two on two. But, in any case, it's just Terry, so all we see is Terry. What, you mean, um, blonde Pokemon trainer? Power Wave! <laughs> or Ken with Burning a Burning Knuckle! As an SNK fan, I approve of an SNK character being in there, but of the SNK characters, that's not the one I would have put in yeah, there. Yeah, I'm kind of with you on that one. 
I would like them to add Rock Howard, personally. Yeah, more. He's he's more. He's only in one game, but I can see that. See, I would put in Leona just just because. Well, that's my favorite character, mm. and she's badass. Finally, the waifu but. wars can come to Smash. Honestly, though, like if we're adding characters, we need to add something, like something that Smash is really lacking, and that's a sword character. So we need to add like the samurai from Sam Show. Mm. I still stand by. It should be Dante from Devil May Cry. Don't worry, mm. they're working on Dante. I'm calling it now. You will see Dante in Smash. See, we've already seen Dante make his way into multiple games at this point, into multiple other franchises. I mean, we've seen him in the in the Shin Megami Tensei universe already. This is true. And in and in well, yeah. So I mean, that was all Capcomverse of... though, too. So what's that? It's all Capcom games at that point, though. Hmm. No, it's not. Shin Megami Tensei is not Capcom. Are you sh? Oh yeah, you're right. That's Sega, technically. Who owns no. Atlas? It, it, it's Atlas. But someone owns Atlas. At- Atlas owns Atlas. No, they're owned by someone. What? To the Google. No. Sega. Sega uh, owns Atlas. Okay, so it is Sega. All right. Yep. All right. But, we have yeah. one last email before we get to it. We're gonna do our kind of little wrap up stuff. Anyone got anything they want to talk about? We get out of here. This is a special email. Uh, no, I don't have anything. Fair enough. I'm going to be continuing to stream uh, my learning of the Zelda 2 speedrun, but that's pretty much it. I'll be on Twitch uh, Nomad Har, and, but you can see news on that from my various social media, Kraken Zero, ER Zero. Cool. Mm. Well, so the email starts, and uh, this is going to be kind of a two-part email because they've brought back a truly terrible tradition I wish to encourage the return of. Hello, fuckers. Sorry, this also comes in like almost a month late, so I apologies for that. Hello, <laughs> fuckers. Sorry, I'm getting to uh, getting to this a week late. I literally landed that and then spent the next few days packing, um, packing and spent the weekend moving out of mass, so I have been flat out, to say the least. I just wanted to extend a thank you all for being awesome to Charlie and letting me be part of the wedding and for taking Sonya and, uh, and I around L.A., the whole thing was awesome, and it was awesome to get to meet Alex in person after yelling at each other for <laughs> close to two years, and to let me know that Alex <laughs> delivers when he promises amazing LA tacos, and by God, I got amazing LA tacos, those were capitalized, by the way, I didn't feel like yelling. Additionally, it was uh, very fun to get to meet Henry in person, and additional thank you to Jim for talking to my girlfriend about medical industry as she moves further into it, since, um, since, an, Alex and su- since an Alex had such a rough trip home, I'm curious to what ha- What was the worst trip you've ever made? Ooh, worst trip I've ever made? I um, got two. I think both of which were talked about on this podcast. So, okay, can I talk about a trip that went bad and then turned out good at the end? Sure. Okay, so a couple years ago, my WoW guild decided to meet up at the guild leader's house. Already off and- to a bad start. <laughs> And we're like, oh, well, we'll just go set up. We'll bring our rigs. We'll play in his garage and all that stuff. It'll be cool. And so I drive up from California, SoCal, all the way to Oregon, close to the border between Washington and Oregon, pretty much. I think it's somewhere in, like, I want to say it was, like, north of Portland, somewhere, like an hour or whatever. Mm -hmm. Just to give you context, we get there only to find out that when he had told his wife we were coming over, she thought he was joking. And then proceeded to say, when I get home with the kids from the zoo, I don't want to see anybody in the garage. 
So I drove about 15 hours only to get kicked out of a LAN party four hours later. Wow. Wow. But it turned out okay because I have a friend who lives up here. And uh, I was able to meet up with him, and then we hung out for like a day and a half, and then I drove back. But yeah, that was probably the shittiest thing, because we were planning on having a barbecue, some guy was bringing a bunch of meat over, and the only food we ended up having, because the guy who was going to bring the meat was late, and I guess, as far as I'm concerned, he never showed up. But um, yeah, he was fucking Quiznos. So I drove 15 hours to have Quiznos, and they kicked out a LAN party. That's pretty bad, yeah. Wow. So, yeah. How bad do your communications have to be that your wife thinks you're lying about your WoW clan coming over? Uh, Dang. Yeah. Not to mention, we had to hear the story about his cat that has anxiety and is on Xanax and is in another room <laughs> that he has to check on occasionally. <laughs> because if the cat hears too many noises or things like that, it literally just starts pissing out of fear. So he's got a manic depressant cat that he has to keep on Xanax. Oh, that's the laugh. Oh, wow. Literally the last person who should be hosting anything, apparently. The person that should host everything. Yeah. (laughs) So that cat was locked up in another room. I don't know what room, but it was locked up in another room somewhere. So. Yeah, that's my worst trip. (laughs) Hmm. You have one, Henry? Ah, yeah, I was trying to think. Uh, I got two quick ones if you need a second to think. Go, yeah, go ahead. All right, so uh, both of mine involve planes. Uh, last time I went back to visit, like, these are kind of not anywhere near funny. Uh, last time I went back to visit my folks, uh, me and Jen brought our dog with us, and on the flight back, we hit some just insane turbulence to the point where, like, I think we talked about this on the podcast, like, we were typing up, like, wills in our text message feeds to send to people if we got below a certain altitude, like, I've done a lot of bad plane runs. I've never been that convinced I was going to die in a plane before. Oh, wow. And the other one's a little bit more funny. Uh, it's, I know I talked about this because we have a long rant about it in the podcast. It'll fucking be a thumbnail at one point. It's still got to be the time I arrived at an airport and then was told to get on a fucking Cessna to travel the rest of my plane ride to um the, loca- to the uh, other place we were going. And it's just, it was like, ha, huh, I wasn't wearing an eight-person plane today. I'd have liked a heads up on this one, like on the fact that I'm like watching the pilot dump corn nuts in his eye and get blinded by. I'm like, you can know I'm back here watching this, right? This is a nightmare. <laughs> yeah, either one of those two is probably the worst trip, and just because of those moments, we're just it's like, so I'm dying in this plane. Cool. Or I was not warned that this would be the plane I was going to be on. Cool. Yeah. You know, I guess I'm. I, like I've never had a a trip just go really horribly wrong, and I guess I'm just lucky because I've done a ton of traveling. Like I've traveled around the world a lot, and I've had some pretty horrible things happen. I guess all right. So uh, well, the first thing I'll mention is just the, the probably the, the the decidedly much smaller thing, but still but and still kind of funny. All right. So I was in Okinawa. I was I was. Uh, visiting Okinawa, and you can go and see like the uh, sperm sperm whales, or is it uh, the, whales oh, yeah. of some kind? Hump, humpback whales, I think it was. Yeah, humpback whales. Uh, you can go out on a boat tour to see them because they kind of they'll come up around you know somewhat near the boats, near enough to where you can kind of see them. Um, yeah, humpback whales, 
And so I, at that day, the sea was like so choppy, like the boat was moving up and down at least like two or three feet, like every second, just up, down, up, down, up, down. I got incredibly seasick, like laying down. Oh my God, I can't exist seasick. So if they did come out, I didn't see them. I had hilarious thing. One of my friends who also happened to be kind of checking out Okinawa went out the very next day, completely calm, like, like just completely, just utterly calm. So yeah. I, I kind of missed out on that for, just because I got super seasick. So that that was like, ah, well, what? <laughs> just like I wanted to see something, but definitely didn't. But in any case, but probably the worst thing that's happened while I was on vacation, it didn't happen to me, but it was just something that happened to see. I, so I and many other, several other people that I knew, we all took a trip to Thailand. And Thailand's awesome. I went to, Chiang Mai and like went to the mountains and it was super cool but um uh that was also the same year that was the exact time when the big tsunami hit mm. Thailand if you remember that mm. I was there during that oh, I was in Thailand during geez. and so I was nowhere near it when it happened I was actually literally up in the mountains I was in Chiang Mai province or the area Chiang Mai area and I was literally up in the mountains uh while that was happening and so and kind of out of radio contact essentially is i was hiking uh, with a group of people with a with a tour it was a led tour with a group of people but yeah um so i had no clue what had happened till we all came back essentially and then and like found out everything happening and some people a couple of people i knew were very close like they almost got hit by it they actually and they were out on a boat while that when this hit so they are there and that was the safest place to be because the waves don't get big until they get close to shore yeah. and so when they came back they just saw devastation and so we all like basically the plan was we all kind of went our separate ways and then we're going to meet together and stay in kind of a beach house for a while we still ended up doing that in the end though but it was just like yeah that was like it's just something I happened to be there when a major disaster hit something. Sure. And I was just by sheer luck on when I, you know, how I planned my trip and what I was going to be doing was nowhere near a beach when that hit. So, yeah, that's that's the worst thing. Like I said, it didn't happen to me, but it's the worst thing that's ever happened when I've been on a trip. So, yeah, that's the thing. Yeah. Well, that does it for this week, I think. Um, in honor of this email, he has well, yeah, there's one last line. This is obviously from Jeff, and it is his last match to us is cue the metal. Yeah.